This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. Here with me, I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Hey, man, nothing much. I'm just ready to uh, talk about some wrestling and uh, some other things as well. Uh, Shouts out to everybody in the Twitch chat joining us live. Uh, We're going to have to come up with a nickname for for those guys and and ladies, if if there are ladies that that join. Um, I don't know. Maybe y'all can come up with your own name amongst yourselves. Um, And, you know. Yeah. Something that we will actually like be have take pride in, in actually naming y'all. If y'all come up with something terrible, we're gonna be like, nah, we ain't calling you that. We're not <laughs> like we got too like we think too highly of ourselves. Think of, of people that listen to this is like, you know, something something awful. Like if y'all call yourselves the dipshits, I don't think y'all would, but like, nah, we're not doing that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, absolutely we, we, not. Y'all should y'all should, y'all should y'all think highly higher of yourselves. The nation. <laughs> I, I thought about the nation, but I thought I don't know. That's up to them. If they want to call it the nation, sure, I'm, I'm with that one. Yeah, I thought so. that before. I thought it was more like the general people that just listen to the show. But if, if you want to be the uh, the the live streamers or the nation, we could we could do that too. Yeah. So um, yeah, and and if you are a uh, podcast listener, you know, weigh in as well. Jump into Discord and um, you know, you know, if you want to be the nation, t- tell us why the uh the, the Twitch you know folks sh- shouldn't get there. So I'm trying to um, instigate, promote beef here promote between. Beef what, what in the WCW NWO is this? You know, we got to split y'all in half. You know, there's the Wolf Pack, and then there's Hollywood over there. So, oh man, but uh, yeah, man, we uh, yeah, what's up with you, man? Not much. Uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the uh, the festivities from yesterday or the weekend, or do you or do you want to go yeah. there and then get to the, yeah? Yes. Okay, so. Uh, this past weekend, uh, Sunday in particular was Jeremy's wedding. And, um, like I thought in general, it was a very fun wedding and it was, it was, I was honored and and privileged to have been a part of the wedding party. Same for, uh, Josh, same for Rich, uh, Josh of keeping the strong style, of course. And, um, like Jeremy, I say this to him and I say this in front of y'all and all this type of stuff, like Jeremy is amongst the best of us. And I don't mean like, as far as us degenerates that watch his pro wrestling, I mean like he's amongst the best of us that like walk this world is what I mean. He's a great dude. Indeed. He's Indeed. a very kind person. 
uh, and um, listening to you know uh, them talking about like uh, things that was identified and like why uh, Jen decided or wanted to marry him was like his patience level. Then like, yeah, that that is true. That's true, and I think it comes along with like the kind of uh, the kind of uh, spirit he has is just like a, just being just a kind soul and everything. And like now that I'm thinking about it, like for the longest, cause you know, I'm super introverted. My guards up for a lot of things. And like for a long time, I, I really, or not long time before, at least at first, like I thought of Jeremy more as your friend than my friend. Mm-hmm. And then eventually online, I, I, I kind of looked up and I was like, Oh shit, he's my friend too. And to go from that to like, okay, and then, like, you know, the places we've gone together, the trips we've taken to WrestleMania, all that kind of stuff, the, you know, the FOA's drafts and all the other goofy shenanigans we've been into and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, it, he's a great person to know in your life. And, I, you know, I wish everybody had a Jeremy in their lives, to be honest <laughs> with you. So I'm, I'm really happy that, uh, that you know, he's uh, he found someone that, you know, he wants to spend the rest of his life with. And, like, you know, that's what it's all about. For sure. Like life is more than just being, you know, to yourself and all that kind of thing. Like finding people that you want to, you know, have in your life and in your support system. Like that's, that's great. And like to see him with his, you know, him and his family and like, <laughs> like shout out you to know, Mr. Donovan, you know, you know, Mrs. Donovan, right? We don't it up really, on the yeah, dance we floor met them once or twice before. And like you know, um, his mom and, immediately knew who I was. Yeah, and like the extended family. Like we never met the extended family. At least I haven't. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, he, you know, he's Caribbean. We don't really, he don't really talk about that, but he has Caribbean roots. And like, when they got to the reception and they played, uh, they went through like the dance hall beats, like, you know, like playing the Kevin Little. Um, and like, they was, you know, they went through a, few, a whole section, right? And like, to see them just, just, just turn up, like, it, it just made me really happy. So, uh, you know, very happy for Jeremy. Very happy for his family. Very happy for uh, now his, his his in-laws and all that kind of stuff because they, they got themselves a great person to, to add it to uh, their family, whether they know it or not. So, um, And I don't mean it as if, like, there's some type of beef in the I just mean, like, you know, it's very similar to Konosuke Takeshita. Like, if you you add him, you can add him to any roster and he's going to make it better. <laughs> so, uh, just sure. just uh, just very happy in, uh, it, for Jeremy. Yeah, man. Like, I don't want to put all Jeremy's business out there, but like, you know, I was always like hoping like, you know, Jeremy would find that that happiness like from, um, you know, you know, when when I met Jeremy he was married at the time and I was, you know, just hoping that he would always find someone that, um, you know, that his first marriage, you know, had ended. And I was I was very devastated when he told us about it. And I was like, damn like and, and it was just like you know i was thinking about um you know on the lead up to myself getting married and stuff like that and i was just always always room for jeremy i'm glad it you know worked out and came through and shouts out to jen as well um just it's it's a lot like when um you know james mentioned all the trips that we take uh, to watch wrestling and we put a lot of time into this stuff and for her to be like you know very understanding of that as well as like uh you know my wife Catherine and um you know megan shout out to megan uh josh's girlfriend and um it it's like it's a lot for them and you know and 
it's a lot off of us when it, they're like, it's okay to, to really put a lot into, you know, this stuff that we got going on. But yeah, the wedding was awesome. Love the food. Um, <laughs> love taking the pictures and uh, it, it was really, it was really fun just being there and, um, and watching our friend be happy. So yeah. Shout out to Jeremy and Jen. Uh, so try to think where do you, where do we go from here? Do we start with the fed? We start with the Fed, the Fed news, and then move on. <laughs> Get it out of the way. Let's go. All right. So, uh, which one do you want to start with? Which one do you want to start with in particular? Big Johnny, come on to the stage. All right. John Laurinaitis has been officially relieved of his duties again. Um, this time, obviously, in disgrace in connection to you know he was. You know, apparently, little the little Wayne to 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 Vince McMahon's base number one stunt of Birdman. Uh, yes. uh you know, I a person that like in the business like doesn't command respect amongst you know uh, the people that he worked with in that time. Uh, coming back, I'm sure people don't really have that many kind words for him now. But he did have a cleaner image, um, nudging himself up against like the Bellas in the Bellas family um, and being on that show. Um, but James, we find out it was all a sham. James, I can't think of a single story, a positive antidote or anything from the career of John Laronitis. Real quick, I sorry. You know, uh the other week when we heard Vince was going, I you know, I I had went to the the to the the fine spirit store and picked up uh <laughs> it picked up a thirty a thirty dollar uh bottle or thirty one dollars depending on the tax bottle of uh sparkling Moscato. But mm-hmm. it's John Laurinaitis, so Corona Holmes <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I got for you, bro. I, I can't. I don't. No. So you know, get, get your, you know, in the words of Rich, uh, get your tape decks ready. Get your, get your, your snapshots ready. Your screenshots ready. Indeed. Um, like I was saying, I have no one. Like I, I've listened to dozens and hundreds, actually, of shoot interviews. Um, old timers talking about things. People telling stories about wrestling. Not one of them has ever been like, yo, John Laronitis is, is somebody that, you know, was awesome for this business or anything mm-hmm. like that. Not not a positive story. If there- one exists, like this would be me, a someone who devours these things for a living, mm-hmm. getting like this new information that I have not been aware of yet after hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of listening to this. Thing. Right. Um, this was a. Glad handing yes man. Yes, I was gonna um, say the only thing you got is he's just a yes man kiss ass. Yeah, a yes man kiss ass that probably made it more difficult for people to do their jobs, fired lots of people, and I know that's a job for someone to have, but um it didn't seem like a lot of the wrestlers like, you know, really even respected him. To, to the degree of like you know when he would deliver that news it wasn't like it, it he he had some type of um you know tact or anything like that it was just you know be real short brief give them some bullshit and and on to the next thing and almost like he didn't care about these people uh i don't want to go that far because i don't know for sure but i mean 
I've, I feel like I've seen a couple wrestlers send tweets out in mocking John Laurinaitis and for, for such things. And, um, however, you, you know, I'm seeing punk yet. I, I don't imagine that punk will dignify us with a response, but I imagine CM Punk is laughing uh, incessantly at this. I mean, um, you, I mean, you just go back to 2011, look at them promos. He has, look like can't, look, CM, ain't nobody CM, ain't nobody that good at acting. Right. And it's like the part that made it so funny. Retrospect is like I saw a uh, one of those like on Twitter, I think last week. Uh-huh. And he's just fucking giving it to he's just giving it to Lauren Knight. Is he giving it to Johnny Ace? <laughs> and like I remember, like at the time, like not only was CM Punk burying him, Cena was burying him too and making fun of his voice and calling, you know, and they're you know, they're calling him, you know, laryngitis because of his voice and all that kind of stuff, and funk man and, and the skateboard man, and, and, and oh man, it was on his fucking head. Uh so yeah, like there's you, you look at the job, and obviously it's a thankless job being a person that does the hiring and, and most importantly, the firing. But there's been people that have been in charge of that and have handled it with more grace, like a Jim Ross, like a Triple H. And, um, you know, we hear about, like, a lot of the stuff that Triple that Vince is involved in as far as him now no longer being with the company in, and, and like, uh, that time era of him getting himself in a lot of trouble was like that time when when Lauren Ives was out here like heavy into trying to hire models for the from the D research stuff and everything and like you think of like what that meant for you know um women's wrestling in that division I don't, like, I, you, I'm not saying he's, to... I'm not saying he's as poisonous as Mula was but he right. definitely he definitely like has contributed to you know uh, this, this the, man was uh, shopping. This shit not ever getting better. That's the best way I'll put it. This man was shopping lingerie catalogs, looking for women to bring in, um, and that's whether to wrestle, whether to do other things with, like, Apparently, and who yeah. and who knows, you know, uh, you know, and about the office stories and the stuff that we don't know yet. We right. knew Laronitis was always going to fall hard for this, harder than Vince because he they. Come on, man! Like they would have thrown, they would have thrown him out first if Vince wasn't so bad. Yeah, as a, as a um, way to say we got rid of some high acting, you know, official in in the office, and he's out of here. And you know, Vince is perfectly fine though. But we got rid of the, you know him. He was gonna be the fall guy until Vince was turned out like block too hot. He had to go too. He had to go first. Actually, go figure. No positive memories. No positive contributions. Um, get fucked, really. Holla. Yeah. Yeah, we may have spent too much time on them. Correct. So, let the pack off. All right. So, where do you want to go? Uh, Do you want to talk about Liv, or you want to talk about Cross first? Cross. We can wait for Liv. Okay. Are you gonna let that bitch breathe? (laughs) We we gonna build this up. You know. Gonna build this up. Now, James. Go ahead. I'm listening. I'm all ears. Two weeks ago on this show, uh-huh. I reminded the listeners uh-huh. with Triple H, I was like, look, there's a lot of questions not being asked right now. There's a lot of selective memory going on right now. Uh-huh. There's there's a lot of wishful thinking that I think, you know, permeated the timeline when, you know, they saw more than one 
you know, three star match on a show. I think people like lost their goddamn minds personally. Um, yeah. it, it wasn't exactly like the ta- the 2019 uh, first round of the tag team tournament NXT exactly was it? <laughs> like you know, we we saw, we saw a cu- couple cool spots you could put in a gif, and all of a sudden, you know, yeah. you know but- it. it it, it wasn't quite like the two thousand, the first night of uh, Raw after the brand split in two thousand sixteen. It wasn't exactly like the first time they were in uh, Atlanta or Duluth, Georgia for uh, Dynamite. It wasn't exactly like those. No, no, okay. Um, but I reminded people that you know you you, you see Triple H taking over. You think it's going to be okay? We about to get you know. Maybe we're going to look at the talent all different. Maybe it's going to be this thing, you know, of you know all the, you know, all the all the favorites getting pushed. And I was like, look, man, carrying cross, carrying cross with somebody that Triple H pushed the fuck out of, and quite frankly, to, to killed the, the brand, to the, to the killed the demise. brand. Yep, yep, killed the brand with it. Yep. I was, and I was like, there could be some of that in there too. And lo and behold. Karrion Cross is back. Excuse me. New WWE main event talent. Karrion Cross <laughs> is back immediately. Um, and it's almost like, hold on. Maybe the war isn't with TK for Triple H. Maybe this is like, I'm going to make this work. Uh, it, while you said it wouldn't, Vince. Um, and. I see, like I see, I saw this whole setup. I uh, caught the clip, and they have Drew McIntyre looking around while music's playing. Then he jumped. He literally does the same debut as Samoa Joe on the main roster, where he's you know jumps out of nowhere on the side and starts beating you know Seth Rollins' ass or whatever. It's the same shit. Um, he's bashing Drew McIntyre's head throwing horrible punches. Um, oh, he's bashing his head into the steel steps. He's throwing horrible punches that the camera is like, you know, just, just rushing to cut away from. He's back with a head full of hair. He is not wearing the uh, bondage uniform that Vincent Mann had him in. He is just like he a member of demolition and shit. Yes, he has his hot woman and his leather jacket. Does that sound familiar, James? <laughs> um, and Roman Reigns is standing there just looking at this, and we had heard the rumbles that WWE was interested in Cross. Cross earlier that week competed in the undercard of Ric Flair's last match. Can, can I can I stop there? Sure thing. So, Rich, as I as I told you last week, I watched three matches from Ric Flair's last match that particular show. I watched the the four way match with Takeshita and Angels and Gresham, um, and I also watched the Lucha. Uh, for a way to had Laredo and Black Taurus and and uh, Phoenix and Bandito, and uh, I also watched that match. I went out of my way to watch that match to see if like maybe he's picked something up, maybe he's better, you know, whatever. And like it was a snooze fest. It was a snooze fest in the same way that his matches are always snooze fest. Like he's a big dude that like hits hard, relatively hard. And suplex people around, and no one ever gives a fuck. <laughs> and it makes it, like he's a, like it's it's like it's mystifying how somebody can get like he's the only person I can think of that's like that size wrestles that style 
and like doesn't get any reaction from the from the most from the most regular fan bases. It's so weird. It's it's in like. Obviously, you know, you talk, I talk about like his character and the lack thereof, and it's all, uh, substance or all flash and no substance. It's all sizzle, no steak. And like, he's like very much like a Zack Snyder, like comic book hero, superhero movie, where it's like all the stylized things that look cool, but like none of the things that actually tie together and none of the things that make sense and none of the things that actually show like the real heart in general. And, and it, for a full motion picture to make the thing fully crack it's just like cool snapshots right <laughs> like like carrying cross as like an instagram like all his pictures of him doing dark looking shit in in you know the girl in the car when he's nxt in the jacket and the muscles and you know the tape fist and and all of that kind of stuff in the gear in the suplexes like that stuff looks cool like on an instagram it like, should all profile. work in theory right but once you press play on all of it, it's just like, oh, these are just things. And like, there's a person that clearly knows, like, they looked around and watches certain wrestling. And like, he picked up, he understands that things are cool, but doesn't understand why they are cool. He seems like <laughs> that person, right? Like, he seems like he, like, he's a the words that I'm trying to think of. Like, he's not a he's not a uh, a chef. He's a baker. There's nothing wrong with being bakers. But, like, Baker's only know, like, that's like the Kirk Cousins equation of, like, quarterbacking. He knows all the answers. He knows where to go with the ball. But if anything breaks down, he has to improvise or rely on, like, innate skill, it kind of falls apart. That's carrying cross. In yeah. general. It, and I think he was absolutely sabotaged the first time. He was. Um, he, 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 was, in, was. he was in WWE, so mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to hold that necessarily against him. But it was it was amazing that they thought that little of him to do that uh, to him. Um, Especially at that size in this era. Right. Uh, Lothero Negro says uh, he's cosplaying strong style. Uh, right. Black Sabre Jr. crosses a wrestling IG thought. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> so so like the take on from that as far as uh he's cosplaying strong style he absolutely is and like when we were in a, nxt for example when he had that one match he's a champion and then like he's a five-way and it's like uh i think it's like balor and dunn and gargano and and uh oh no o'reilly's in there and gargano's in there and dunn's in there and cole's in there and it's like you're watching and you watch nxt for two three years and you're like wow like the dude that's that's six one six two two thirty ish or whatever else is like the like the softest guy is like the softest style or guy in here. Everybody works different than him. That's that's crazy. All these other guys like five ten middle middle waist to cruise uh, cruise weight is too high. Middle waist to super uh middle weights. Like what what? How does that make any sense? Yeah. Um but this is Triple H. Uh, he's a Triple H project uh, from from the day day one. Apparently, they kept in constant contact, and Triple H is going to go ahead and, and give him the run because, like, apparently, apparently, it seems like <laughs> they've mentioned this man um, possibly being around the championship, uh, which is mind boggling. Um, so while people were ready to kiss Triple H in the mouth. Like <laughs> he immediately uh, does this and then sends me into hysterics on a timeline. Right. But there's no way to have any faith that like, and I, I think we both would agree on this. 
Karrion Cross having a job in on the main roster WWE, like that makes sense. He should be there. That the problem is when it comes to is the level that he's going to be slotted at is the problem. Like given what the way he was pushed in NXT, there's no reason to expect that Triple H, the same Booker, is looking around at the same size guys, with, uh, and also the same like problems with staleness would not try try to push this dude at a main event level, which is why like which is where this dude does not belong. It's, and that's the and that's the issue. If he was going to be yeah. a mid Carter or somebody that's going to be on pay per view. I don't think we really have a problem. The problem is the fear that like you look around and you're like, okay, we ha- like, doesn't Walter work here? Right. And that's, and that was the thing, right? Especially when he was the NXT champion It's like, okay, so Walter's the NXT champion, this, this God of a champion. Keith Lee was just the, the newly crowned NXT champion. And like, it sucks that it seems like he's going to be moved on to the main roster, but we don't know how, we didn't know how they're going to fuck up, fuck him up or whatever else, but whatever. Well, like, they were throwing fireballs in his face in NXT that, yeah. that came out of books and shit. Yeah. So, yeah. but I'm, but I was continuing. like, and they also had, and they also had Dijak at the same time too. And it was like, wait a second. So we got, we got Donovan Dijakovic. We got Keith Lee. We got Walter and we got Karrion Cross. And the guy that gets pushed is carrying cross. Push like a god. Push like God Almighty himself. Remember what he did to Ciampa? Yeah, beat the shit out of Ciampa. You squashed him in like Bro, seven minutes or something like demolition. that. Demolition. Or not seven minutes, but not squashed seven minutes only, but like he got dominated for seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah, like he, and it was, you know, like they tried to make him like a pocket Brock Lesnar type figure, but like whether there was going to be a crowd there or not it wasn't going to be it was no one was going to buy it like the dude the dude just he's miss i don't know what exactly he's missing that where his matches don't pop but he clearly but i don't i can't quite put my finger on it it seems like he knows what to do at times but doesn't pop like and we'll talk about this with somebody um that i think is a high floor low ceiling person um later in the show but the same thing with like you know where to be. You know all the tricks, or you know a, a number of the tricks to make make things work. You do the things that a lot of people like or even love, yet no one actually likes or loves you. Uh, Amazing. How maybe not work. to the extent for the second person we're going to get to later, but for for the, for Cross, definitely is the case. And um, it also didn't help. You know, it's politics. It's you know him being QAnon and. Him also like being anti-vax for and all that kind of stuff. So that that also plays too. But I'm 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 putting that to the side for now. For now. For right? now. Just as a <laughs> just as a just as a clear evaluation of one's talent and his and his and where he could be in the pecking order. Um, you know, given his ability and skill level and size and what he could bring to the table, like a lot of people did, you know, rightfully talk about how like his presentation was effed up from was fucked up from day one on the main roster. But it's like. So you mean to tell me you think everything would have been like OBKB if like he just had like Scarlet with him? No, no. It's like they they tried to dress this man like he was you know living a wild sex lifestyle. Like I, I don't think it was going to work. Were they even doing that? I thought he had a hot woman with, around him, and that was it. Like I, there was nothing to the dude. Yeah, it was like. Even, for, even, even for in NXT, NXT. yeah, even in for NXT, NXT, which keeps a scaled down profile on a lot of like the 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 spooky stuff, right? Like you look at the Wyatt's NXT compared to the Wyatt's in WWE, and like I I don't know what Vince and Bray decided to do, but that's where they went with it. It was not that NXT, from what I recall, right? So, uh, 
just thinking of the idea of like him and Scarlet or whatever else, and like you can come up with some of the you know references to the occult or him being like you know one of those spooky supernatural type people that have some elements of it at least, right? Or at least for mind games, fine, whatever. Once it got to the main roster. You can play into all that kind of stuff. And like Vince was like, no, nah, we don't want that. And they also wanted Scarlett to be a wrestler. Uh, you know, and she had, you know, she had an injury. She had, had that taken care of. And that sucks for her. But it also sucks for him. But like them together, I, I didn't really. Th- I never saw Scarlett when I was with NXT thinking like that added to uh, his, him, his pat, like his like total thing or whatever else, in the way that, like, other people did, so, like, for me, it's, like, whether she was there or not, it wasn't gonna matter, like, the, the bell's gonna ring, and what we got then. Yeah, um, and he was substandard conditions in his main events, um, uh, in NXT, where he's surrounded by nothing but good workers, he's, I, I shred, I shudder to think what could be waiting for him in the future, um, you I don't know what kind man. of bullshit a Karrion Cross Roman Reigns match would be in this in this day and age. No, oh, like they would, they better off making that last man standing too. Because I can tell I you, I don't know why. Between he's not as good as Brock, not even close. Yeah, yeah. Um, even like when Bro- would, even when Brock don't try hard, he's still better. Brock's still way better than him. Yeah, I I wouldn't want to see that one personally. Like, and and you know he attacked he attacked Drew, which means like we're we're expected to get him and Drew. And I gotta say, like, this is the test. If you can't do with fucking Drew McIntyre, he that's 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 to be what Triple A says. Feet to the fire kid, you're on a 30 day, right? Or you're on a no, you're on a 10 day contract like it's the NBA. If you can't get it done with that fucking guy, you're never gonna get it. And like Sheamus is right there rolling out matches against Drew McIntyre. So, uh, Lethero Negro says Triple H wants a guy to cosplay himself since he can't work anymore. Um, I, I've always felt like you know the strong Triple H push for him is yeah, but Triple totally, H don't even Triple H don't even work like uh, Cross does, or Cross doesn't even work like Triple H does. But he's the guy that Triple H just the body. He's the same similar body types. That's it. The ass kicker, like that. That's yeah. what Triple H sees himself yeah. as. So like, yeah. Yeah, I yeah I get it, but it's like no, just no, like just because you have a, a just because you have a good physique at like over six feet tall, uh, and tape fist does not make mean you're actually Triple H good. Like, like and we're not exactly like like the biggest like uh you know you call him a deathmatch wrestler. You go Triple H yeah. deathmatch wrestler all the goddamn time. He is like Cross ain't no damn Triple H. No, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't disrespect Triple H like that. Nah. But I would disrespect somebody else on the roster. Um, Here we go. <laughs> so, James, man, I hate to say I told you so, but this is the day where if there was any, like, if there were any holdouts, if there were people in the YouTube comment sections that there are a couple people that. I've been revisiting their their comments over the months that may have disagreed with us that may have, you know, just just seen the stuff we say and think it's a um it's something we're just being mean to live. Yeah, we're, we, we're just, we we hating. We just hating. We just hating. We just mm-hmm. don't get it, you know, and, and live deserves the, all this shit. One, you can take all that deserve shit and throw that shit like like a Randy Johnson baseball. But James, 
I, I just can't say that I'm too shocked when you have a babyface look this bad in a title match, tap out, and then retain the championship through ridiculous means. And then she walks out there the next night with a lame duck championship and pretend that her getting booed is a surprise. I, I'm with you. And I also want to add a part where like she was treated like a loser before she even got to money in the bank to do all this. Yes. So like it's even it's even fur- goes further back than even uh you described you described it as such. Yeah. So how don't they see it? Why are they so blinded? Well, I, they I mean, are telling you every step of the way. Yeah. They don't care. This is not real. This is a loser, regardless of what the falls say. This is someone that is presented in a way where they will not win. Winning transcends the one, two, three count. Um, <laughs> like, and then WWE isn't helping in their wrestlers and their commentators uh, just being baffled why this person that they booked like a geek gets a response like that. Like, it's it's just so rude and disrespectful of the fans to to boo live, to, to not allow her to talk to um, this. is You know, you, you, you make a geek and then a geek going to get reacted to. Yeah. So it's that simple. Who had to report that the that the that the locker room was upset about Liv getting booed? I don't who had, know who, who had to report exactly. You heard, you saw it though. I saw it though. I saw it, and yeah. I saw I saw I saw Rhea Ripley uh, sending stuff out like when when you tired of these people, like she was kind of in character being a heel, but it's the mm-hmm. same. It's the same overall mentality of these yeah. fans are wrong. Yeah, and yeah. and all this stuff, and, and yeah, and also there was a. Uh, I saw something getting circulated on my timeline about like people talked about um, this promo that Becky Lynch had oh, yes. about bullshit. a year ago talking about like they'll they these fans are fickle and they'll turn on you and it's like okay so much of this has been solved if you will with uh, the rise of AEW and <laughs> the people. That were so negative on the product, the people that would like, you know, throw, bring out beach balls, come to WrestleMania, fly the ass on a plane to come to WrestleMania weekend, then decide to show up to the Superdome to shit on Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar with beach balls and the wave and all that kind of stuff. They, they have left the, the, uh, the fandom and have gone to AEW. So like, there have been times like, uh, since the pandemic and also like fans coming back, uh, post pandemic. Not post pandemic, no six post pandemic, but like post, uh, let's say shutdown, right? Coronavirus shutdown, where like fans have came back, and like these crowds are far more, um, uh, accommodating of WWE, whatever. So there's less of the people that like love pro wrestling, but think that WWE was putting out a bad version of pro wrestling. Therefore, there's AEW rounds, so they ain't, there's something for them to watch instead of this. And the fan, the crowds have been better. I maybe I'm mistaken on this. I'm probably am, but it feels like this is the first time there's been a real, there was a real situation where somebody um, that would have gotten booed four years ago got 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 the boo birds. And quite frankly, 
Is there it was the case no of way. where where they thought we got rid of, we thought we got rid of those people, right. but maybe they did not. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and like quite frankly, like anybody with with that just was like had their fingers on the pulse of all this would have been like, hey, normally just Pavlovian in a Pavlovian way, anybody somebody anytime someone taps out in a big match, like the fans next time they see them bombard them with you tapped out chance. So maybe we should have something for live just in case that did not happen. Um, so in James, she got, her, boot- ne- okay. her next opponent was decided that night. Her next opponent is Shayna Baszler, right? Who, who is what a submission specialist. What do you this think? This is, this is over. This is ending quickly um <laughs> so uh what what i want to say is they i understand why people like live right there are a lot of people that like her that like even beyond the you deserve it type of thing like they just or there, there's multiple reasons to to like live right there's also the part where like She's a she's a she's an attractive looking woman. She gives off a vibrance, if you will, that uh, uh, tends to attract a certain subsect of pro wrestling fan that I rather not communicate with. But she paints I mean, tears on, so it's like she's constantly crying. <laughs> now you boom. Now, now you get petty. Now you get petty. Like I just spent I just spent like most of today like having to suffer, if you will. Uh, JD from Rare Leaf Retrocast, like, uh, Nanai hate. Now, now, now I'm hearing this. Like, and it's like, I, 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 I get the jokes. I get, it. I appreciate the jokes. But, um, so, when, when we get more to, to the live thing, is like, I, I get it. She, she works hard. She has improved. She is somebody that came out, uh, the PC thing, or whatever else, and, like, it stuck around, and people, Take a like it to her, even when she's doing the Alvaro Levine stuff to now. And they they, they they feel like her sticking around is her persevering, even though I think persevering would involve some winning at some point, but whatever. We're here now. She's champion now. So I guess the winning is now being done for the persevering, even though it looks like shit and that's why people are booing her. But it doesn't even need to hear nor there. So people are inve- a number of people are invested in her, and like we were I, here to tell I, y'all, on, like, hey, bro, before. this is going to end badly for you. Uh, like, and this is this isn't just a particularly her thing. They are it, they they have been bad at booking for years, and especially when it comes to baby faces. And you look at people like Kofi Kingston, you look at people like Big E, people that people really genuinely like. And like what WWE does, if you if people are generally likable, they will find a way. <laughs> Just screw it up. And and then we're not talking about someone that's a ten time tag team champion that has won right. every single belt. Or like a Becky already. Lynch, who was like a cornerstone of the women's division and also like the inaugural SmackDown Women's Champion. Bro, it's like what the fuck did y'all think was gonna happen, man? Like it's like I hate to get flagrant in those terms, right? But it's like if Liv was was so bad before, right? We always talk about this improvement that she mm-hmm. had, right? So, like, as as bad as it was for her, what was her over? If we were two K rating her, right? Mm-hmm. What was the overall before, and what's the overall now that we should just be rejoicing over her improvement for? Probably like net five, net plus so five. We're talking about a five point difference, maybe. 
It, from from what did she go from a sixty five? She went. To a she 70? probably went from like uh, bottom of the division to middle of the division. Man, I, I implore y'all seek seek better. You know, <laughs> like we talk about improvement. You know, um, you it, ain't, know. it ain't exactly like the two, it ain't exactly like the two thousand twenty. The 2021 uh, Sayakamatani improvement. It's not exactly Aim that. No. higher. <laughs> have, have, have higher standards. Yeah. It's exactly like, like you know, um, Dean Ambrose to John Moxley. It's not, it's not exactly, it's not exactly that level of improvement. No. Like, like what are we really doing? Like, as far yeah. as like, this improvement stuff, it's like, is this one of the 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 five best best wrestlers uh, in WWE? No, no, uh, for, for women, is there one of the is this one of the ten best women's wrestlers in WWE? No, no. So like, like, stop this, y'all in love, let it go. But it's going to end badly. I'm with you, Rich. I will also like, but I would point out. I would. I, I feel like we have to point out. It's WWE. It's a lot of people that oh. do not give a flying fuck about Everyone the wrestling, gets a turn. about the, about the yes. improvement as a pro wrestler. It's all about if you get TV time, we should care about you. Um, and look, in in certain aspects, I I get it. We grew up on it, and that if you are featured, therefore you are important. And she was featured. She was featured to go out there and fucking lose and, and be like, for me personally, right? And it well ran. Uh, split down a split down the middle women's division where there's a raw division, SmackDown division. You need lives to be like the number three baby face that's going to go out there and be the underdog baby face or whatever else. And, and and do what at the end of the day, James? Lose. lose as a number three baby face, underdog baby face. Your job is to go out there and lose. And they and they and they gave and they threw her this bone. And after they thrown her this bone, they have done nothing but I want to say sabotage is too strong a word, but. Um, they, did they not have set her up they for have success. made her, they have made people now look up and realize oh there really was no reason to really like her because like she was always a loser she cashed in on somebody after the middle of a championship match that person had them dead to rights so they uh, until she took advantage of the injury that that this champion had in the middle of the match uh, and then when the rematch and the fair one happened Liv the babyface fucking tapped out uh, before uh, she actually won the match. And like it is, it's giving off a lot of two thousand, uh, early two thousand seventeen Bailey. Like when Bailey won that belt, um, against Charlotte, and but needed Sasha's help because she was she was Sasha's you know pet project. And then at the end, Stephanie comes out and says, "You know you're letting people down by doing this, right?" And then Bailey goes, basically, she says she yells, "Hell no!" But basically, was like, "I don't care about people down. I'm the champion now. I got what I wanted." And then next thing you know. She gets to WrestleMania, and then she gets to her the the show in her hometown, and they make her do a fucking geek. And then lead up to that, they did the this is the knockoff this is your life thing that killed her dad as a, as a doorknob. And then look what happened! Like they turned into a hill to try to rehab her, and like this is so far below what it could have been. And people are but people are so happy that they actually like gave Bailey the chance that they pretended this was great, even though it sucks. Like Bailey and Seth Rollins are both in that same thing where it's like. They're doing stuff, and it's it's not horrible, but it's not great James, either. But people are just Sammy happy. Sami Zayn like, has been they, a heel for six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Sam just said. Sam just said it. 2019 uh, Rollins vibes. I didn't even look at that until just now. Look at that. 
Sir Sam with the three months. Appreciate you. Um, Lothero Negro says, I still remember that vignette where Liv tried to jump Becky at the gym and got beat up. Yes. Oh, my God. It The signs are there. Please. And I mean, please. Like, when they appear in front of you, don't weeks? turn your head this way. Don't do this. Like, <laughs> how, many do weeks this. Was it? how many weeks was it before... Uh, they were teamed up where, you know, it was almost like, you know, they were, they put Liv and Rhea together and Rhea was out here and people, you know, people were saying all types of crazy things about those two being together. Uh, mm-hmm. How long was before uh, Rhea said, I've had enough of Liv? It wasn't long. It had to be like three weeks or it, something. It wasn't long. I just or it, it, went, long. it went through WrestleMania, but it was like. It was not long. It, it was like a month before WrestleMania, like the in the month after WrestleMania. So. It couldn't have been that long. Right. And you see what I mean? It's like, you know, obviously WWE is scatterbrained as far as presentation at times and storylines, whatever else. But like, when it's as consistent as like this person is a loser over and over and over again. Believe it. In that particular case, believe it. Like, it's one thing where like, they'll just, they won't beat you. Whatever else, and you might be throwing off like the like the Alistair Black thing for forever, where like he just wasn't ever beaten for forever. But like when you are a loser forever, it's it, it's very rare that like they're actually gonna like really go with you and make you like or whatever else uh, and make them change their mind unless you're like Daniel Bryan. And we're not talking about someone with overwhelming charisma or promo ability that can repeatedly just get themselves back over. This ain't no indication. No, she's just there on the show. Is that the requirement now? They just have to be on the show for a long time. Because if it is, let us know. Perfect tennis. You know, you get gold stars for that. Um, yeah, man. Uh, let's. <laughs> I, I had I had something else to add about someone having a, a long a long history of perfect attendance, attendance in a women's division or close to perfect attendance, and I, I let it go because I, I do generally like her, and she does, and I do appreciate the fact where she's like, I worked here for for way too long for y'all to be talking to be treating me like this or whatever. Else, but, but I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. Oh man! All right, let's uh, let's take a plane over to uh, AWville. Um, so we had last week, uh, looked like a light show on paper, but I ended up, uh, enjoying this show quite a lot. Um, when, when it was done in execution, uh, it was main evented by Chris Jericho and Wheeler Yuta and James. I just gotta say, uh-huh. um, this whole show right here, it was, it was just very solid, nice. There were, you know, good promos up and down. There was good wrestling, and it was just like it was like a, a an above board show. I, I wouldn't call it like a great show, but um, you know, your standard good show, but like a little bit elevated from that, and it, it overachieved a little bit for me. So, um, opened up Jay Lethal and uh, Orange Cassidy, and imagine look at these guys and where they um, are kind of slotted right now. Like Orange Cassidy's coming off losing to Wardlow. Jay Lethal was going into facing Wardlow. Um, we would find that out. Uh, and this was a, a match. Uh, Lethal ended up with a clean victory over Orange Cassidy. And this was well worked. This was just more and more on the, the case of Orange Cassidy. Amazing TV wrestler. And Jay Lethal is just, 
you know, adds to the lethal respect society. Um, <laughs> you know, the the lethal respect tour, whatever, whatever fuck you want to call it. But that's LRS. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, or LRT. You know, however you want to do it. But um, Satnam Singh was there, super fresh this week um, when he came out in the plum suit. Incredible. The I plum three point suit. I miss that. Lots I'm and I'm lots of fabric. Saddam Singh does the small things, even though he's big. Um, but um, after that, uh, there was a there was a funny, funny spot in the match where Singh is getting run off. But uh, the best friends come out with uh, Beretta and he's on Chuck Taylor's shoulders. It was like some expector <laughs> yes. gadget shit. Bro, when I saw that. I was hollering. I didn't um, think of expector gadget, but like that makes that definitely makes sense because of the trench coat. I was yo. thinking like. People make the jokes, have made jokes a long time about like kids or short people, like, mm-hmm. like to get into a movie theater or oh, like kids that like, try to get into like a rated R movie theater. They'll stack, they'll stack on top of each other in a trench coat to try to mm-hmm. say one, one adult ticket, please. <laughs> right. One, you know, one, one, one adult ticket to the Terminator, please. Right. So like, that's what I thought of is like, look at these fucking, <laughs> look at these idiots <laughs> in, in like, the part where you can see them actually like you're like what, what's happening in the tunnel what, what's happening bro I thought somebody already- was on a ladder like making an adjustment to like the, the lights or something <laughs> I was like what the fuck is best friends doing yeah man they're they're unsung heroes they really are like obviously you know Chuck Taylor Trent like they're not gonna be pushed as they're never I, I really I really don't think they're ever gonna be um Tag t- world tag team champs in AEW, but you know you put eventually, them out there. Trios so? belts. Eventually, they're going to win these trios belts, and I think. Oh yeah, trios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trios definitely is Orange Cassidy's there, but I mean, yeah. as far as um them as a tag team, them being solid as fuck the whole from the whole duration of the company's history, right? Um, and, and Trent as a singles wrestler, like you know, I I, I love Trent and Kazarian singles matches in AEW, right? Um, and them being like they're cle- they're key glue guys. Like you need those kind of people on the roster, and like to see them like do these shenanigans things. Like it, it pops me. It really does. They're 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 great together. Like they really are. Yeah, man. So um, lethal basically uh, stopped Orange Punch and he had a lethal injection for the win. Uh, I was kind of shocked. I was like, whoa, all right. And but the unit came out. Um, Sanjay Dutt and Satnam Singh. Uh, Dutt was going to interview and he asked Jay Luth about Wardlow. Wardlow basically called him out and said he's going to make a statement. Uh, he was going to put Orange Cassidy back in the figure four, but the best friends of Wardlow then ran out. Wardlow came out with the TNT title. just looks great. Um, and uh, Sanjay Dutt demanded that Wardlow put the belt on the line for Battle of the Belts. Wardlow was excited by saying he whooped that ass, and I still haven't been sent this clip from somebody. So please, if you have uh, Wardlow saying I'll whoop that ass, like send it to me. Okay, so I, I, I'm sorry I, I ducked out for a second because I had to look at uh, I had to go to the uh, the Twitter to see like this suit you were talking about, and like yeah, like black black shirt, purple vest, purple slack. It was it's a nice look. It's a nice look. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my okay. my had to nominate Saddam Singh on best dress. My <laughs> had to do it. My had to do it. <laughs> he was clean. He was clean. Um, yeah, I I do like this Wardlow thing. I don't know where exactly it's going, 
Um, other than obviously, you know, he's he likes the relationship of him and Orange Cassidy and what they can lead to potentially. But like, as far as um, Babyface is having friends and sick and helping each other out in times of uh, need or crisis, I like that. So you know, um, Orange Cassidy after that match with Orange Cassidy and Warlord, which you know is uh, one of the reasons why Tony Khan's going to end up winning Booker of the Year this year, um, among many. Like the way he was able to navigate all that, where like Warlow could have, you know, they could have revolved on him easily. That's that match, and it worked out and at the end. Like now he has, you know, somebody that he likes. You know, like Orange Cassidy is like his Dark Order. <laughs> for you know, like for Hangman, like same thing. Uh, so I, I, you know, I um, I liked it, and you know, that gives him an excuse to have like goofy tag matches to have like Sam singing them. <laughs> It, or like a two on one hand, they should do a two on one handicap match with, with, with Lethal and Sing and Dutt. Yes, and then two on three, two on or three. Like, yes, or or Warlow against Dutt and Sing, and then Dutt can take the pin. Sure, whatever. I want I want a handicap match involving uh, the Lethal faction uh, in whatever capacity, whether it's two lethal on three goon. or two on one. What do you say, Lethalism? Le- lethal goon. A lethal. Goon. Oh my god! But <laughs> up next, it was the undisputed elite uh, back out here. So Cole came out with the Bucks and Red Dragon said he's still not medically cleared to wrestle, and in the meantime, he's been thinking about what he can do to help uh, the undisputed elite. He put the group over, said that loyalty is essential, and matter of fact, he came to AW because of his loyalty to the Bucks. Crowd popped. Said loyalty is everything. I immediately begin not trusting this guy when he says this stuff. Uh, he kind of steps back and he says, well, that brings me to the trios tournament. Uh, he said that uh, if, if myself, meaning Cole and O'Reilly aren't cleared, I guess you guys are going to have to choose Bobby Fish. But um, since you don't want to choose Bobby Fish, you won't be entering he, the tournament. He didn't, he didn't even mention Bobby Fish. He, you know, he didn't mention Bobby Fish. He was like, it, it, he was like, he said all that without saying he's like without me because he's like we know you ain't gonna Bobby Fish <laughs> out of here. He's like without without me or without without O'Reilly healthy you you can't do it. <laughs> like you're not allowed, right? Like, I like how I like how Bobby Fish has now turned into Brendan Cutler. <laughs> and then he's basically said, actually, you won't be physically able of enter, entering the tournament. And uh, Red Dragon circled behind the Young Bucks, took him out. Uh, Fish took out Nick's legs. Uh, I forgot what O'Reilly did, but he, I think he ended up putting Matt in a hold, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I knew that Cole wasn't going to do anything physical, but so that's how I knew somebody was coming to save him. I think as everybody was watching in real time, it was like, who's coming out? Is it Kenny coming out? Is it Hangman coming out? Is it time? Like, what's the the deal here? And then all of a sudden, um, Cole's on the second rope. I know he's not going to jump because he says he's not cleared. But <clears throat> Hangman runs out. Music hits. Crowd goes nuts. He runs out and a wife beater in butterfly jeans. That's what that was? Butterflies on his jeans. I, I got a problem with butterflies. You know what I thought it was? What? I thought it was the NBA logo patches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Hey, what man, is, what hey, is man, 2003 is this shit he's wearing? Hey, man, Paige repping all 30 teams on you boys. <laughs> but. Like, what the fuck? Is he wearing? I, I'm like, is this, are, those NBA pa- I, I didn't because I didn't look close. I was like, 
Why would I care what he's wearing? I was like, okay, I guess there may be a pencil. What else would it possibly be? But I guess, you know, I guess there are butterflies to stand. I like I like my story of them being the NBA patches better. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Can someone Photoshop the NBA patches on those, please? That's here in this show. Uh, we need it. We need to send that out. Uh, that is that is One Nation Radio humor. Uh, please. Uh, but anyway, he comes out with a pipe in hand uh, to make the save. And after a moment of hesitation, Hangman Page offers his hand to Matt Jackson and helps him up. Wow. The, t- the guys that fucking hate each other the most have squashed it. They've been um, kind of missing, you know, ships in the night, essentially, uh, not having the chance to talk to each other, whatever. Um, and the Bucks turn face here. And I think people were very excited about this Hung Bucks thing. But there's the, one. I'm other, sorry, what? The the Hung Bucks. That's, that's their name. Is that an internet name or the real, like, trio's name? That's their trio's name. I did not know that. I wish I didn't. <laughs> that sounds awful. The Hung Bucks. Like, you, the euphemism right there, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. That, oh, the that's Hung what it's Bucks. About. Oh, so, like, Nick and Mag are just out here, just, you know, to the knee, okay? Yeah, like, swing. Gr- grow up. <laughs> grow up. What are, we, what are we, 15 or 12? What the hell? Okay, so whatever. Um, The Hung Swanging Bucks. Swanging on you boys. Yes. Yeah. But, All right. But, um,. Fucking um so the the other element here is obviously all right, these trios, the trios tournament's coming. Kenny's supposed to be coming back. What the fuck's gonna happen? Like, are the mm-hmm. Bucks still gonna gonna choose Kenny Omega over over Hangman? Are they gonna risk pissing Hangman off again? Or where does the dark order fit into this? Um a lot of questions still. Very excited to see which uh direction we're going with it. Uh, because either either way it works for me. So yeah, I, I I see. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to shit on people's excitement for this. Like I, you know, I, I guess like I pretty much did last week. I guess, but I think the thing for me is like I would be with y'all as far as that excitement level. If like the thing for me as far as like the relationship thing with the Young Bucks and Hangman, I don't really care as much because like when I, I only know of their relationship through what's only been on AEW television, and like I find that part of it to be like hangman being very childish <laughs> very childish so like as far as the thing i want to see as far as rec- a reconciliation of the elite the thing i'm most interested in is like now that we've gone this far like the reconciliation of you know the former tag team world champions like hangman and kenny's what i care about as far as his rec- reconciliation of the whole entire elite matt and and Hangman, I get it because it was super heated, and Matt is, you know, excellent promo and, and taught and kicked him out of the elite after Hangman uh, pulled that fuck nigga move. I, so I get it. Uh, but for me, I the <clears throat> thing for me that I most care about as far as this whole thing coming back together is Hangman and Kenny. So, like, you know, I'm interested to see how this all plays out, and obviously with Hangman and the Young Bucks, like, they're gonna have killer matches. So, like, there's nothing to worry about. And quite frankly, Hangman needs them. <laughs> this man yeah. was the first quarter this year was a was the front runner and you know pole position for rest of the year now it'd be nice to get back on the board if you can run these yeah four like, what the hell happened here like, <laughs> <laughs> um so he didn't get worse as a pro wrestler he just like just completely just like completely down cycle like completely fell, just fell off the earth yeah 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 
Young Buck's turn and face led to some interesting discourse online. It led to Dax Harwood ended up uh, was cursing at Dave Meltzer on Twitter. Um, Dax is rapidly becoming one of the most gotten to online wrestlers. Like, I don't know. This whole thing is very weird um, because I guess the sentiment is like the Young Bucks have turned themselves face and uh, to avoid having to wrestle FTR, first of all. Again. They yeah. leave out the again part. <laughs> yeah. First of all, FTR defeated the Young Bucks clean as a sheet in April. Right. On from, national television for the world to see. On national television. Did everyone turn their TVs off that night? No, because we saw the ratings. No. Okay. Um, FTR has... Three sets of tag team championships. One that, in part, was supposed to be the Young Bucks' belts. Gato wanted the Bucks to be the IWGP champions. But. Because the Bucks are actually draws uh, over here. Yeah. But in their selflessness, the Young Bucks were like, why don't you guys give the belts to FTR? Because it, you know, will give them something. Because it's not like the Bucks need those belts, right? Right. The Bucks already have the AEW belts that, again, they were not supposed to get. That was supposed to be a transitional short run from the Hardys to right. uh, Swerve and Lee. Mm-hmm. And people leave that part out. People leave this out. Uh, and like, and- they, like it's all the Young Bucks' fault that you know what it was. It was Matt that put the drinks in Jeff's hand. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Like they're doing that's their head cannon for all of this. Um they and, and Dax has just gone to like oh, new hold, level. Hold, hold on, let me rephrase that. It was Matt Jackson that put the drinks in because he can't say Matt yes. and like leave yes. he was like, What Matt Hardy did th- no Matt Hardy did not do this. Matt Hardy is, is Matt Hardy and Matt and uh and Matt's wife uh is Rebel or Reba? Reba. Rebby. Re- Rebby. That's right. Re- like they have documented like we make we we are babysitting this nigga half the time we around him and he still fucked this up. So it's all Jeff. So yep. yeah, we can, uh, sorry for so, the so, I had to go back. I didn't want nobody to clip me up. Sure, it still happened. Watch. So a couple months ago, maybe maybe like a month ago, where I talked about Dax doing this shit on Twitter and it's corny because like people are crossing up the wires. Like right. this is like the biggest example of this shit. Like of him working this storyline on Twitter of being quote-unquote held down by the Bucks and all that, because actually none of it really holds up to any type of serious scrutiny. Right. One, these people are acting like the FTR is going to shoot on the Young Bucks in right. the middle of the match and they're avoiding them for some reasons. But I had a question. I was like, if the Young Bucks really wanted to bury them that bad, right, and, and it was just this big fear and like this, this conspiracy or whatever, wouldn't the Bucks just beat them themselves and then tell them to get fucked because we're better wrestlers, bigger draws. We're the bookers also. Yeah. Or have like, you know, a hand in booking. Like, wouldn't that be the case? Yeah. People have worked themselves into this because (laughs) of like the Cornette stuff and the part where like Dax, it's not even as much, uh, bro. It's not even cash. Yeah, yeah. It's, he, all, it's all Dax. It's all Dax playing into this thing when he all he does is complain on Twitter and people think he. But he's the serious. baby face, right? Right, and, right, right. Like, this is the person we're supposed to like, right? And, and all that, gotcha. right, right. Okay. And like, and that's the thing, right? So like, Melser points out that like 
this shit you're buying into is bullshit. And then, like, Dax is continuing to encourage it. And it's like, get a fucking clue, man. No one, no one, no one, no one outside of, like, your goofy, like, fandom actually buys into the part where this is real. And, like, the, the, the Young Bucks are the power that, that, powers that be that are holding down the FTR. Like, no, when man. When in reality, uh, the Young Bucks are the best thing to ever happen to FTR. Um, when you think about they could be shaving backs right now um, or could have been shaving backs the last couple of years. Or in the impact um, zone. <laughs> or have a completely different tag team name, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I, I think people, as I mentioned, the stuff Dax does on Twitter is very corny, uh, quite frankly, because it's like it's creating. What would their it, name be if not for the elite? Right. Exactly. No, no, I, I, I didn't oh. mean it's like I mean, like I was actually asking you uh, a question, like what would fuck. the name be? Who knows? I, uh, they can't. They couldn't be the mechanics. WWE has that uh, trademark. They couldn't be the revival, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, the the midday express. I don't know. <laughs> Shit, the midday express. For fuck's sake. <laughs> Who knows? But it's like the the people that. Around, and it's not so much that like Dask, I'm not telling him to. I, well, I'm saying that the stuff he does is corny, right? But it the is. Reason, the reason it's corny it is, is because the, the reason it's corny is because of the people that he riles up. Mm-hmm. And those people are people that have like just gone into overdrive on the harassment of, of these wrestlers, where it's like, um, you know, the, the racist stuff like towards the Japanese wrestlers, um, towards Kenny Omega, towards the Young Bucks. Um, now it's starting kind of towards Moxley as well. Um, hmm? Like, because Cornette is like going on this crusade calling John Moxley the worst wrestler in the world. Um, what? This whole, thing, this whole thing is like, you know. Look, man, I'm sorry. Like, <clears throat> think of some of the bullshit he was out here putting on in Smoky Mountain or some of the bullshit. He's out here putting on in Ohio Valley Wrestling or some of the bullshit he's put on. He was in a chicken suit, James. Like, what? He's the worst wrestler. He's the worst wrestler. The worst worker you've ever seen. Get the fuck he's out like of the here. Worst, he's the worst wrestler in the world right now. That, that, Damn, that's please. what he's saying. So, um, but yeah, like, and, and this is the stuff that Dax is is co-signing essentially. Like with w- when he's sitting at the <laughs> press conferences and, and he's saying like, "Yo, Cornette has earned the right to to do this stuff," and it's like, it's just stoking the the, the flames of bullshit, which I'm very tired of. Um, check, check Black Sabers Junior. Son. <laughs> <laughs> FTR would be having 4.25 star matches in the NWA if it weren't for the Bucks. So, like, the reason why it's funny is because, like, a, a four and a quarter star match is a great ass match, right? But we know exactly what that means. It's like, y'all niggas ain't the Young Bucks. <laughs> y'all niggas ain't the Lucha Brothers. Get the fuck out of here, man. Like, and then you throw an NWA thing, and it's like, it's even funnier. It's like, yeah, you be out there having a, a, a you be out there having like a match of the week contender, not a match of the month contender, not a match of the year contender, a match of the week contender out here in the fucking state fairgrounds and shit. It's <laughs> not for the <laughs> Get the fuck out of my face, man. Niggas be wrestling for Billy out there, bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're working these fucking uh, Northeast wrestling shows and shit. Man. Oh. Uh, 
so um, all the all the people that are following behind FT, FTR's, um, you know, uh, every you know word and every tweet. Just make sure that you that you thank the young bucks that that you have this to enjoy. Yeah, should they <laughs> they should acknowledge their tribal tag team chiefs. Yeah, you know the 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 real people that that allowed you know <laughs> the heads um, of the tag team table. <laughs> yes, yes, you know the the real people that allowed them to provide for for for. <laughs> <laughs> Holy but no, shit. They're, they're killing the business, you know. You know, they're yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, like, they're gonna have a, they're gonna have another match eventually. In, in like, they're gonna have a just it's gonna be it's gonna be great at the worst. And it could be a match, a fringe match, a fringe match of the year contender, um, at the top end, and then like everybody will move on from there, and then they'll move on to like the next time there's like three months between the Young Bucks and FTR match and they'll get back to saying like the Young Bucks are sabotaging these fucking guys because they're idiots. Like it's 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 never just like FTR. Like they, they just can't do anything. Like why why can't why can't these FTR fans be like Floyd where Floyd ain't no damn dummy like y'all. Floyd Floyd Talk we, to need him. To, we need to have, no not better yet. Floyd, do you realize the company you keep with <laughs> <laughs> these fucking morons? James Brown, Y.O., the Young Bucks name FTR. Dax Harwood is Matt Jackson's son. <laughs> it's like, damn, I didn't know you said that nigga was your daddy. <laughs> oh, no. man. It's, it's just so weird why, like, I don't understand. It, it, I remember listening back to uh, the 2019 Best Of show that we did, and you talked about about um them fucking up Becky Charlotte and Ronda by making adding Charlotte to that match. And you said, like, it feels like this company just, like, wants to have this negative energy, it, like, every WrestleMania cycle. And it's like, why in the world would Dax want this kind of energy, like, around Young Bucks and, and FTR? It makes no sense. It doesn't help him in any way, shape, or form. I guess they think it does. Like, he thinks it's better for the heat of the match or whatever, but it's like... The only people that whips up is their base. And that's yeah. what, and, and like and like that's cool, but that's just your small ass base, and shit like this is why like you only got that base and not more anything out of else because you do stupid shit like this. Yeah, I, like they they get they've they've gotten like very good reactions this year. They, they've they've caught they caught a little wave in the beginning of the year. I think a lot of that stuff like with the the time with the Bret Hart stuff. People like they were kind of hitching themselves to see the him. Dax solo run definitely helped too. Dax, he was kill- you know, he, look, motherfucker was killing in these matches, right? And in singles matches, yeah. And then, like you know, they they started belt collecting and stuff, and you know, people are going really hard for cool. him right now. That is cool. So this is a thing that's making them uncool. I think <laughs> that's my, that's what I'm thinking. That's what that's how I was like, bro. Why are you doing this? Like, if you want to. There's no way that like you, did he feel like none of that stuff worked like because because they're selling ideas maybe not ideas to try to keep this on the back burner thing but for me it's like this is maybe want to see y'all wrestle each other again yeah it's like it's like y'all are putting like more merch out than you ever have like right this makes it feel like oh it's another match because like they're doing this nonsense like whatever like because they already fucked up their first match for that build 
And now it's like getting to his third one. It's like you're doing this. I don't. I don't. I don't care for this. Like so, just tell me when the bell rings next time it happens. Indeed. Um, Mox was backstage. He was talking about uh, Jericho and Wheeler Yuta. He said he didn't care who won. Uh, when the bell rings, he has no respect for anyone. Um, he's trying to hurt his opponent, make him bleed. Uh, and when the BCC is all said and done, they're going to make the heart dungeon look like a daycare. Uh, and that's saying that's where Chris Jericho came from. He said both Yuta and Moxley know, uh, Yuta and Jericho know Mox well enough. And they better show up next week when they step in the ring with me. This is not a game. So. Another Strong, stand-up double. Hard words from a hard man, you know. <laughs> um, so after that, Christian was talking to Tony Giovanni, and then all of a sudden, uh, the Jungle Boy tried to commit vehicular homicide. Um, yeah, man, he tried to smoke Shivani. Uh, what the fuck? Yeah. So uh, Jungle Boy then got restrained uh, as security uh, or Christian, you know, wanted him arrested. The Jungle Boy can drive. He has his license. So... <laughs> Like, what is it with these, these like, uh, these baby faces with grievances that, like, are unaware, they're so mad that they're completely unaware of their surroundings and they don't care about, like, the bystanders of, like, the random shit shit they do, like, right? So, like, we had Kingston about to, about to set, uh, Daniels in a fucking blaze, right? And now we have, we have Jungle Boy about to murder a ve- with a vehicle, uh, Shivani. Like, bro, like, what is going on here? Like, this is this is this is injustice. <laughs> like this, what, what is this? Like, like the crux of so many superhero comic books and shit like this is like vengeance versus justice. What in like the 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 you know back and forth. And in the case of like AEW, like this, like nah, man, we we team vengeance. We don't give a fuck what happens to anybody outside of here. But look. Blow up the whole building. <laughs> yeah, the Joker's in there. Blow up that whole building. <laughs> you know. And I'm just like, what is happening out here, man? Hit the snap. Get rid of everybody. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild out here. But we, we got to get these baby faces to, get some, to have some damn sense of their aware of their surroundings and the people around them. Because people going to get hurt. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter took on Thunderstorm. This was an awesome match. Uh, and it was on early in the night. So, like, the people 830-ish. That- the, the people that their television stopped working for some reason at 930, like they, they didn't get a chance to set it ahead of time. So I, I don't know. Uh, but this is a very solid match. I thought Baker and Hater incredible gear combos for them. Um, Was it like a, a like a navy in, in gold? Yeah. And like it looked like red or something, too. And um, okay. yeah, that, this was awesome. This was just great work in and out. Uh, good just isolation tactics on on both and then uh subverting expectations like big moves uh i was really into this and the crowd got really into this too yeah there was a um there was a double foot style where jamie had a pin on one of them and the other one came off the top to break it up and we you know we watched stardom we watched a bunch of replaces they had there's a double foot stomps everywhere the double foot stop that Jamie caught was like, and I think it was a camera shot being so close in on to catch the action. But when whoever it was, whether it was Thunder or it was Tony Storm, hit her with that fucking double foot stop to break with that pin, I was like, oh my god, that had to hurt so much. But uh, yeah, like you know, I've I've said it. I don't know if I said it on air to you, uh, but I've said it to you in, in different groups or whatever else talking about Britt Baker. Um, Britt Baker as a tag wrestler is a very good tag wrestler. And, you know, from the start of one that we saw of, of, uh, Jamie, she was a great tag wrestler. 
Keep them as a tag team for now. Whenever you figure out whatever else for now, I don't know. But you look at these run this this string of matches that Jamie and Britt have had as a tag team. They are a very good damn tag team. So keep keep doing what they're doing as a tag team. Let them do their thing. And it's another very good match. I gave this uh I gave this I, I may have give this four stars. That's how much I like the match. It's probably more like a three and three quarters, but like I was that I like that match that much. James putting all Joshi credibility on the line, going four stars with a match with Britt Baker in it. I mean that is they true. You know, be, I did I did not give I did furious. not give I did not give that Wrestle Kingdom uh starter match four stars because it was so short. It was a four star match. I was like, I can't be the guy on a new Japan I can't be the stardom guy giving like a four star match for like seven minutes or whatever, however long it went, even though it was a four star match. So I ended up giving it three three quarters. And it's fucked up my rating system all year since then. I that's like like if I wouldn't if I say like which rating that you written down could you give back? I'd be like, I would change that shit from that three and three quarters move to four and move on my life and try to instead of like every single time I'm like, is that a four star match? Can't be what's better than this. But that was seven minutes. But like they they threw the kids singing at seven minutes. But it, and it's fucked it's fucked me up ever since then. I regret that. But whatever. We're past that now. We're past that now. But yeah, this was this was a damn good match. A um, couple comments. Black Sabre Jr., Britt Baker, a better tag team wrestler than both of FTR. You stop this right now. Y'all, you stop y'all, this right y'all, now. Y'all, you y'all were trying to crazy see, in these this comments. Is, this is the stuff, right? You got to have lines about this, right? Like, FTR is a great tag team. A great tag team. I just think they're dorks. <laughs> I, I think they're dorks, and I think they're not as good. I don't think they're all-time great like they like like a lot of people claim they are. They're a damn good tag team. They're one of the best tag teams of this generation. They're just not the Young Bucks. They're not like, you know, a lot of other all-time great tag teams from around the world. Unfortunately, yeah, that's yeah. the case. Like, if like you they're not the Golden to, Lovers. Like, the that, I'm sorry. Yeah. They're not DIY. Like, Lothario Negro says, need Britain Jamie versus FWC. I would, I would watch that. I don't, I, like, I, I don't know if you're joking or not. I would watch the fuck out that match. That match would be good. Um, Thunder, Thunder Rosa did come out with a sandbagging T-shirt. I did not. Oh yeah, they understand that. Um, Who's like buying sandbag a sandbag shirt, bro? Like that shit will sell zero copies. That shit will go double that, copper. You know, in that, these you know what that was? That was one of those like WWE shirts where it's like, what? Who will wear that? That's, that's awful. like that's like one of those when you go on the website and it's like the like you pull up the wrestler and it's on like the seventh page of their like merch section and it's like no one actually ever scrolls that far but it's like what the fuck is this doing here? Like if you like uh, if you like basically like sort by bestsellers. Yeah, like yeah, the, or yeah. or you pull up you pull up their the, the individual wrestler page and then like their seventh page of merch <laughs> like their numbers at the bottom. Gotcha. Like what the yeah. fuck is this? Yeah. Um, so there was um they started some video package about uh Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti and their their marriage and all of a sudden Eddie Kingston interrupts it and says uh you know ain't nobody trying to see that shit. <laughs> he said uh, congratulations. Uh, I don't, I don't care. Or no, he yep. said, congratulations. Nobody cares. And obviously yep. you know that popped the crowd. He said he wants a match with Sammy at all out and basically check your email. So he yeah. sent him the contract. So did you see uh the the video Going around of Tony Khan at the wedding, I did, I did. Uh, he was he looked he looked like he was enjoying himself. It, it, it he was it, on that that rotating device or right, whatever. Right, right, right. Like uh, it, 
uh, it was not, um, I couldn't get over the part where, like, he was wearing those shades to cover his eyes, and he's at a wedding, and he's dancing, or whatever else, and I just thought, like, I wonder how many bathroom trips he made at the wedding, but, you know, whatever. Congratulations to Ty and, and Sammy, um, you know... Some people would some people would question whether or not like that was a really quick like turnaround from like going public into marriage, uh, especially compared to his last relationship. But like I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do such a thing. So congratulations, to Sammy. Happy and, for like, that young look, man. I, I, I'm happy for him too. And you know who's more happy for 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 uh, for him than we are? Him. <laughs> yes. I hope Sammy is enjoying it. Enjoying it. Enjoying it all. You know. I too. Um, so we got a Powerhouse Hobbs video package, him turning on Ricky Starks. Powerhouse Hobbs then, uh, or they cut the commentary. Taz said, Team Taz is done. He didn't know Starks was going to do this. He didn't know Hook was going to do that. Uh, and, and he didn't know Hobbs was going to do that. He wishes everyone the best, but he's he's out this shit. You know, he he's um, uh, Drewski, you know. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. no more Team Taz. I'm... I think that Taz, as a manager and asset, could be tremendous and was tremendous, especially for Brian Cage early on. And um, I hope he's not done with that. But at least maybe he could do something later on with somebody else he finds interesting or Tony Khan finds something to do. But, like, as an announcer, that's where he should be. And, like, you know, he's a great pl- he's a great color commentator. He, re- I mean, he always was, but, like, you just get reminded, like, watching him. Like, this dude um, was done with wrestling. Like. <laughs> unbelievable. Like, you know, I'm not saying that McAfee is awful. I'm not saying that, like, Corey Graves, when he was NXT, um, wasn't really good. I'm not saying, like, someone like Nigel McGinnis, someone like even NXT to this day. Um, like, Bad News Barrett isn't good at his job, but, like, Taz is fucking excellent as a col- as a color commentator. He's excellent. Yeah. Uh, Hobbs squash uh, guy with the Oklahoma Stampede. So Jim Ross will be happy about that. <laughs> um, after the match, Ricky Starks then ran out, James, and then he did not come out wearing any of the goofy shoes. He came out with sneakers on, um, long pants. I don't think he had a shirt on, but he came out, started the fight, Took his eye off the ball and got whooped. Yeah, James, you got the music. I don't know if you got the music or not, but like I, you know, I don't even I, know the people that listen on this chat. But what the fuck is this? But I, I don't I know if if they know. Please, please look for it. But you know what I said the second it happened. I sent a message into the into one of the groups and saying like, I remember this thing we used to do when we used to be on when we used to be on like Lords of Pain, Lords of Pain, now known as Wrestling Headlines. We used to review SmackDown and Raws. Uh, on the podcast forum, after we do SmackDown and Raw, we would come together and we would uh, basically do a powwow and we would decide like who are the nominees for the LeBron Ramon Raymond James Bum of the Week, and then we would play this particular music. I don't know if Rich has found it yet. I'm trying to feel for him. Uh, but, I am searching okay. <laughs> and searching, but but however. Yeah. If we, if we can't find it fast enough, we can just move on. That's fine. I can add it in post uh, on the podcast. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll pull it down from somewhere and, and slice it from there. But uh, at least for the for the podcast. A name caller. What I say? Call Let me him. hear you say it. Call him a bum. <laughs> it's 
not a name call. It's uh, nice. You bum. So, um, yeah, like a segment, he, a blast from a blast from the past. Something yes, so bad happened. We, we had to pull this. We had yeah. to pull this out. Yeah. Long time listeners, hope you enjoy it. Yeah. So, as you mentioned, Hobbs had a match, squashed somebody. Starks comes out and attacks him, starts a fight, and then Hobbs whoops Starks' ass. I'm sorry. You are the uh, August. What was the show? Like, let's say uh, about a, uh, the August 3rd. LeBron, Romeo, and James, you bum of the week. You're bum. Like, I know we used to, like, do a top three of, of bums and then come with nope. one. We, no. This, this is one, automatic. We even, we even think about this. When you do some shit like that, you go out there, somebody's had a match, you attack them, and then you get immediately whooped. After that, you are a <laughs> bum this week. You, you got, And now you got to redeem yourself next week or whatever else. That was awful. Yeah. We, ain't, we ain't gave one of these away since we gave until, we until like, we, we finished wrapping up, like, to, uh, mid to, middle of 2019 uh, reviewing these shows, and we gave like that whole entire run from 2018 2019 to bum of the particular year almost to Baron Corbin. It's been that long since we we pulled this one out, but he won it this week. It's awful. And if I if I and if I had to give a second place, it would go to Sayaka Kamatani for all that fucking crying she's doing. But at the press conference, like, but but neither here nor there. We'll move on. We'll we'll move on. I would give it to Liv Morgan over Sia Kamatani, but that's Liv ain't cry here crying uh, over being uh, over a title challenge. Liv is painting tears on her face to act like she's crying, but she ain't actually crying though. Are fake tears worse than real tears? I think the intention of fake tears is worse than real tears. I, I think this is the part where like Kamatani is one of your favorite wrestlers, and you're you're just biased. I th- I really think that's what this is, but what whatever. Hey. So let's put them two or three. That's fine. Whatever. So like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Got oh, a old video from Miro. More lore. I uh, don't care. Um, Darby Allen cuts a promo video on Brody King while he's tattooing his own palm. This is a sick man. Very sick. They're both unwell. They're both getting. They're both making tattoos for a TV match. I understand it's a coffee match, but it's a TV match. Uh, these boys. They rip. better. They better go out there and get them four and a half, or else this better be yeah. a classic, or else you yeah. tat. They will be. We will get. We will bring that bum of the week over this if it's not no classic. Y'all tattoo both on your skin about a match that wasn't a classic. Y'all bums. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Don't come, don't come half stepping. Um, up next, Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy. Oh, Jesus Christ! Christian did his best to carry this man. He really did. I have no, I have nothing to complain about or criticize Christian for. Match just done. Remember last year when they had that match and it was like, wow, they actually pulled something out here. This was not the night. I don't really um, remember it, but like it. It reminded me a lot of that pay per view match that uh, Hangman had with uh with Matt Hardy in two thousand was that twenty two thousand twenty twenty one twenty one okay the beginning of two thousand twenty one that was that like uh was that like Revolution yes 
Yeah, so it reminded me of that in that way, but that match was a little bit better. Well, not a little bit, but was better than this because Hardy's just a better, or I'm sorry, uh, Paige is a better wrestler than Christian is at this stage, right? But, like, yeah, like, I just watched it, it as, like, they're, like, Christian's doing all the tricks to make to make the match pop, and, like, Matt just is only on a certain level. Like, he can, he understands how to still have a good match, but just, like, his body... It's just his movement is right. His body is his body's behind his brain at this point, um, and like you can hide a lot of this in the tag stuff, but he's a singles right now, um, and you know, like it just it was just a, it wasn't even like it was a bad match. It just wasn't good, right? And it was just like, man, we're why are we like? It was like, do we need Matt Hardy in there in 2022? In yeah. this like incarnation of him, yeah, and, and uh, this and, is a guy, they, they did, very they, creative guy, very uh, innovative person. Usually, kind of can figure out whatever. So I'm gonna sit and kind of wait until like w- see what the pivot is because I don't think this is just how it's gonna stay for him. It can't be. I I'm, I agree with you, and I'll, but I also think like this served a purpose after like after what happened where Christian turned on him, and they had that back and forth with Matt and. Um, and Christian, and as a way to like without Jeff, like get Matt, like keep him as a face, and talk about like the thing, you know, the shitty things he's done to uh, people like the private party or Butcher and Blade and the eight. He's been taking ass whoopings on BCE. Oh yeah, like, yeah, like so the private party whooped him. He, I saw that. I actually saw he, that because like uh, private or Isaiah Cassidy uh tweeted, and I was like, "Hey, bro, keep up the good work." <laughs> So there was a funnier one to where he went and found a butcher and a blade. He gave him all their money back that he he stole from him in an envelope. But they then, like, he was like, "Well, you know what else? Like, I gotta do." And then private parties there with him. And then Matt closed the door behind him while butcher and blade are in there. And then like all you hear is like the whooping or whatever. And private party laughing on the outside of the door. Like it's great. It is. It is hilarious. Like he, send, send me that. Yeah. I would like to laugh at that. So, so he he's paying back the money and taking the whooping. So, you know, we talk about you know maybe Hangman can, can learn from <laughs> road a uh, road to redemption. Getting your ass whooped for for for, for uh, prior wrongdoings. Yes, I I love it. Um, but yeah, as far as um him in the ring right now or going forward, probably most likely, uh, he needs to be a tag guy. And like that's where Jeff came in, and then you know Jeff is not with us right now. No, he's in or rehab. trios, or we think he's in rehab. Yeah, or trios. Um, so yeah, that's unfortunate. But you know, like it did serve his purpose storyline wise. It, it was a bit sad in that way, but it, like it did serve his purpose of Matt was cannon fodder to get over Christian as a heel that can still go, and and then Jungle Boy comes out and makes a save, and, and then you know. Cage runs up out of there again. So, um, yeah. So Garcia was backstage. He said, uh, submitting uh, American Dragon was the biggest win in AEW history. He's a dragon slayer. And whenever <laughs> Danielson comes back, he will slay the dragon again. I pop so, for that. So we got a uh, video package with Pac defending All Atlantic against uh, Connor Mills. Um, I think there may be a Kip Sabian Pac match that's being set up yeah yeah like yeah that. yeah like apparently he you know because he's been wearing like the the, the his box, the on box his over his head like he's a fucking saints fan except it's not a paper bag it's a cardboard box and um apparently i have a match here like 
I'd have to look at the cage match to figure this out, but like it didn't seem like Pac had really did many matches outside of post Dragon Gate, um, outside of AEW, and then like he wins the belt and it's. Maybe I'm wrong. It's like this. a new match every week. Maybe right. we just weren't paying attention. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. It was always like in these, in these, in these, like these European shows or whatever else. I, I I don't know, but like it seems like he won the belt and like he's like, let me go on, you know, a tour or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's cool. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, I don't know when the Kip Sabian match is. Do you know? No. Okay. So I, I'd after be interested because, like, you know, Kip Sabian. Oh. He, He's somebody that seems like similar to when we talk about Cross. This would be the third person we talked about. Where it's like, he seems like he understand he he knows what or why he understand he knows what works, but doesn't understand exactly why they work. Um, so so it seems like you know if you could make a light bulb go on, like he could be a totally different wrestler, uh, be a totally different level of wrestler. But we haven't seen him really wrestle, or I had definitely haven't. I can remember last time I seen him on Dynamite or Rampage. Yeah. Hell, I don't wild. think I've seen him since Rampage even started. Yeah. So up next, we got Ethan Page in the ring. And man, <laughs> I gotta say, <laughs> he wants to know why he's not on TV every single week. He's yelling out of his mind. He thinks he deserves better. Mm-hmm. Get this shit off my screen. Like, I I I don't get it. Like, why should you be on our screen every week? Like, I think this work shoot shit is is a disease. Um, in, in some if you cases, do it too much, yeah. It, like, I think, and it's not only like the work shoot stuff should be reserved for like your biggest stars. I feel I, like I didn't even think that. I think it should be reserved for letting people that actually are legitimately the best, not people that are just good. And, like, and Paige is good. Like, he's, I think, I personally believe that he is a better promo than he is a wrestler. It's like, like are we promo than rep than worker, if you will. It's like, are we supposed to sympathize with you, Ethan Page? As that, a heel. That, that he's been as a heel. The whole heel time. That, the that whole you time. know why you're not on TV every week. Like, um, I just don't like it. And or, or I, I, the only, and also, he left the part like, the why the CM Punk thing worked. He needs to say that, like, maybe, maybe AEW better if Tony Khan was dead. He 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 lived out, he's leaving out the, the he's leaving out the Larry season itself for this fried chicken. <laughs> he's leaving like, that part out. You, the part that made the CM Punk thing work was the part where he said like the oh my god part, not the part where it's like it's like bro, you're I have just been a held dude down on the, by the man. You're just a dude on the show, man. Like yeah, like I I I can't get excited over over this jag ass promo like. Like, am I gonna have to call Cody and ask him to, to send a care package for Ethan Page? Send him a kite. Send him. Send him like a, a one way ticket. You know, to to, to 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 WWE. Like, can can you come pick him up? Like, he's a, a, a misbehaving child. Like, like, what is this? Like, this ended up leading to um, Stokely Hathaway walking out, and mm-hmm. it looks like they're they're saddling Stokely with like saddling. <laughs> You know, they're, they're giving him Lee Moriarty and then um, uh, Ethan Page now. And forgive me if I don't sound excited about this group, but I don't know what there's to be excited about right now. It may be still starting the Heenan family, but um, <laughs> hot take. 
Mark Sterling has smoked Stokely, ha- Stokely Hathaway so far in the time they've been the company together. Um, this could change, but you talk about who's like getting people over and stuff. And I don't know if it's, they're not giving him much to do or whatever. They're not giving him much to do. It's just the same segment that he's doing week after week. So, um, and I then mean, I see Ethan Page is the second guy in the unit. Like, so at this point, that yeah, Ethan I, Page and Lee, Lee Moriarty, I'm like, all right, are you going to bring in somebody worse than them or better? Because <laughs> uh, if it's worse, this thing is going down in flames. I think the thing that's weird for me is like, they gave up on the Page and Scorpio tag team too early. Like, that's a good ass tag team to have in the, yep. in, like, in the tag division. And like, now, like, I guess they're just done with that. And it's like, there was more meat on that bone, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Um, like, especially post like TNT title run for for Scorpio. Like Scorpio needs to find a rebound when he comes back. I, I haven't seen him. I don't know if he's injured or not. But it's like he's injured. Oh, okay, but it was, but even like coming back, like him and Scorpio as a tag team, like that's a formidable tag team. That's a good tag team in the division to have. Yep. Um, so I, I kind of found I kind of found this to be unnecessary. Um. And I'm kind of with you. It's like I'm looking at this roster, and I'm like, I, Sermon Moriarty, Page. You got you got Jade, who's a star, um, and also the baddies, whatever. Um, and I'm like, okay, like, are you gonna get yourself a like? I'm trying to figure out like what's the end game here. Obviously, that's 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 the whole point of doing all this, but it's like, all right, like, is this, is this like another diamond mind? Right. That's what I was thinking. Like, is it like just low, very low card, like people that you like you're carrying? And I'm like, I don't think that's going to go anywhere. Right. Especially, especially, like, give, especially given like his talents, like he should be like. He should be treated as like a Heyman level manager or advocate or whatever the hell you want to call him. Like he's that talented and creative. So it feels like it's a waste of his talents. Yep. Um. After that, we have 2.0 and Anna J back there. Menard said Jericho's going to become Le Champion again next week. Um, Parker said that uh, it was time that everyone appreciated the JAS. Uh, Anna J says she's the newest member of the faction. Uh, she's the sexiest, the toughest, and she'll choke anyone out. Uh, yeah, and she I was, was like, she that's was getting a lot of real. ESTs. Yep, that's, that's what I was thinking. I was like, that's, that's a lot of ESTs. Be careful with that. If she would have said one more, I think the alarms would have went off. I, um, I was already there. I was like, this is appropriation. <laughs> you stop this shit now. You stop this shit now, you culture vulture. Yes, stop now. Quit while you're ahead. Uh, then you look over and she's choking out um, a staff member um, and giving them the, uh, the Queen Slayer chokehold that she has. After that, it was time for the dumpster match. And boy, boy, the pressure was on Max Caster. Everybody, we haven't been seeing, seeing this guy hasn't rapped in a while. Um, he hasn't, you know, with all the news, he comes out there and then he basically says, we'll make him retire like Vince McMahon. Crowd loses it. I thought it was the most simple, effective way to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, the claim ran out and, and attacked them basically with trash cans during this thing. It was a good verse. Um, the gun club kind of, you know, recovered after that. And then they had like a, you know, a nice little mini brawl um, that, that went around. 
the funniest thing that I thought was like there was somebody that like all day it was their job to spray paint the trash cans <laughs> and, and put the designs <laughs> on them. What a job! What a life! But um, I enjoyed this. I thought the, the guns ate all the shit here. Um, I thought the acclaimed like kind of staked their claim, uh, no pun intended, to like possibly like either win the tag team titles like next year or something or just be this enduring like mid-card fan favorite tag team like yeah and that Mm -hmm. is that is just awesome like is they're off like i feel like they're off to the races like and it was like yo the gun it was like the gun club and the acclaim when they started this thing like it was almost like what the fuck is all these guys doing these these very low car guys kind of doing and i feel like both of them kind of earned a little promotion here so for me, uh, like especially the acclaimed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a, I only care about the acclaimed in this situation. Um, like Bones is a good ass wrestler, right? So like I, I'm 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 on the Bones train. Um, Caster, what he brings it, he brings the other element that like Bones is bring as far as like the charisma in in the talking, most of the talking, right? He does ninety five percent of the talking. Um, the catchphrase, like, Bones has a catchphrase. Uh, so, uh, as far as this match, I thought this match was fun for what it was. And, like, basically at the time where I was like, all right, it's time to go home. Like, about, <laughs> like, uh, literally seconds after I was like, it's time to go home. And, like, that's when they started, like, setting it up to go home. So, I was like, smart. Like, you have reached the, you have reached the limit. It's time to go home. And then they start going home. So I appreciated that. I I also was very concerned for uh, Cash's health uh, and well being when he put the dumpster out in front and like he has to jump. Oh, basically he, the way he has to jump is he has to jump to and with his feet clear like the lighting rig at the top of the uh, the tunnel and then also for land the and drop. like and like it felt like the uh, it felt like the uh, trash dumpster was too close. Should be further out so he can actually like you know. Lift and you know, or, or the table was it a table or was it a dumpster? It was a table. Table. I thought the table was too close, right? So you look at him looking. He's like, okay, I gotta jump and jump to clear over this lighting and then come down and like the way I'm gonna land, it's not gonna be pretty. It's very similar to like, uh, well, obviously way more dangerous. But like when we were talking about a couple weeks ago, like that tag mesh where um, Zumi was on Lady C's shoulders and Lady C was too close to the ropes, so and Zumi was like, <coughs> I'm sorry, and Hazuki had to do the had to. Uh, springboard drop kick Azumi off of Lady C's legs and like the only way she's gonna do it is like knowing that like I'm about to drop kick her and when I land I'm gonna land on my neck and it's gonna suck and she has to make that choice like you can see Cash doing the calculus he's like I'm about to land on my fucking hip it's gonna suck yeah, and like, sure enough the entire like his entire like right side, like his hip and his leg were like exposed. And I was like, right. Ooh. And, the, and, and he's not necessarily the most graceful guy or anything like that. He so. does have a thick lower half for his size, right? Yeah. Like he, yeah, he's like, he's one of those dudes where like you see him and like, you're going to be surprised how much he weighs. He's going to weigh probably like 10 pounds more than you think he is. But, mm-hmm. um, he, you can see him doing the math and he's like, Fuck, this is gonna suck so bad. And I was like, please don't break your hip. Please don't break your hip. Please don't break your hip. <laughs> like literally, I was like, because you know, I'm not even like you know, mad cash from like, but it will suck if he got hurt over some doing some shit and, and like the match were like, he can't you can't say no and not do it. You can't climb down. You have to dump. Right. So right. like he's like, fuck, 
gotta do this. And he did it, and, like, he seemed like he wasn't any worse for wear, which is, I'm grateful for that, because, like, I, I was expecting the worst. I was, really was. Uh, mm. so, but yeah, like, you know, the mat, they wrapped up the match and threw him in there, and then, like, I was like, well, the only reason to do this match is, the only hey. reason to do this match is literally, like, because. Push them oh, niggas Billy, off this, like, who? So, so, uh, like, I was saying before he started, uh, throwing him off the ledge or off the, uh, ramp, it was like, they did, they're doing his match because, like, Billy Gunn in, uh, Road Dog had a match with Chainsaw Charlie, Terry Funk, and yep. Mick Foley in 90, was that 98? Yeah. 98. Where they had a dumpster match, and at the end, once New Age Outlaws won, this is what made what, that Foley and Funk got them over. And then at the end of the match when they won, they threw them off the ramp, and they, and uh and they tumbled over. And I was like, well, they have to do that again, otherwise, what's the point of even doing this match? And sure enough, right. they did it. I was like, you did the thing, you did the thing. The only reason to do this, congratulations, good job. So I was I was like, this is regardless of however good the match was or wasn't at times, whatever else, this is a successful ma- a successful match. I, I'm I've drank six Coronas <laughs> or six and or five in uh. Five in point nine, five point nine, about to be six. Look at that, this man's getting so, yeah. like y'all. Y'all get almost getting a bonus. Uh, y'all getting a half FOH draft here. So it's been a lot of it's been a lot of like bonus FOHs this year, man. It's been there's been a few of them because you know people out here that we've, that, down we've, the gimmick. that we've had you know that we've had grievances against over the years for being terrible people. Yeah, along with also being terrible decision makers in pro wrestling, they can they can you know let go. They're being sent home uh, to not return, and like it's t- you know cause celebration. Like I can realize, I don't think I've had a beer since the pandemic. I just drank six of them. Look at that. Yeah, um, yeah. Like but. I started drinking these four. I even we even went on air. So I drank three four on air, and then like I was like, let me say these for you get to uh, you know packing up. Laurinaitis. So there you go. Yep. So we got um, Madison Rain, uh, or excuse me, up next, we got a video recapping Mance Warner winning the Bunkhouse Battle Royal at Ric Flair's last match. A video package explaining who he is and letting you know that he would be facing John Moxley in an AEW world title eliminator match. Now, an eliminator match is not a championship <laughs> match. It is a match where if he defeats the champion, and this is built to keep the champion active. So he doesn't wrestle any of the five people that are in the rankings to where it would just be a title match. If he faces someone that's out of that, you do an eliminator match because that person would have the right to jump the top five to earn an opportunity to face the champion. Yes. So we got that. Like we just had one a few weeks ago with like Takeshita. Correct. Yeah. So we got that. Everyone knows what it is, and we'll move on. So from there, we got the main event. Chris Jericho taking on the biggest star in the business, Willer Yuta. And Jericho's had a lot of big wins in his career. And anytime, you know, you can beat the biggest star in the business. <laughs> You know, Chris Jericho <laughs> once beat The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the same <sighs> night. 
Now, I don't know if doing that was quite on the level of this, right? Mm-hmm. But this was this this was a man that people a few weeks ago wanted to retire. They wanted him to leave the television, leave, you know, the business. And what did Chris Jericho do? He gives us a preview of Lionheart, James. Lionheart. And all I know <laughs> is that if this music plays, I want the belt changed. <laughs> But make yeah, sure man. to send me the link to that so that I can clip it and upload it and then add it into the show and post. This, Indeed. this is gonna take me like an hour and a half to upload to, to upload this fucking shot. Edit <laughs> after editing, I have to add in. I have added two different things that are three three things now. Jesus, but uh, but, but yeah, yeah, uh, I thought this match was damn good. Um, I don't actually have a rating for it, but like it was. It was interesting and funny to me to like, I I do not like I'm not a sicko like Rich that will hop on and like play some Nitro or some like Raws from like 1990 damn six. I, I don't do that, right? Like Rich will do that shit and then go to sleep, and I'm like, how can you go to sleep? How how can you possibly have good dreams after that? Like, but 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 like for me, uh. I, I remember Jericho for like being a babyface for like this much in 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 WWE, and then next thing you know, like all he's doing is harassing the me- uh, a, a me- harassing our Mexican brothers and sisters. I'm like our brothers, and I'm like he fucking sucks. I hate this guy. Like I, I like I just remember him as being an asshole. So like in the in the process of him being an asshole, like I remember certain things he used to do that he don't, no longer does because obviously that's the evolution of wrestler is like you do certain things at a certain point and then like you you move on and you update and, and add on things whatever else and drop certain things because it's no longer necessary. So when I saw him do like the either was it a either a uh, a butterfly or a tilt into uh, the backbreaker, I was like the butterfly or, backbreaker. Yeah. yeah, I was like. In my mind, like it's fuzzy. But I was like, "Holy shit, he hasn't." I don't think I've seen him do that since the nineties. <laughs> like I, I was doing it in my mind, thinking, "Like, oh shit, he really is like you know, te- this season, this wild heart shit." Or I'm sorry, yeah, wild, wild, wild heart. That's Suzuki. But like this Lionheart shit, like from the nineties, I was like, "Huh, okay, I'm with this. I enjoy this. I, I'm Jane. very much enjoying like the Jericho like Renaissance or, or, or a retrospective, if you will. It was very Jane. fun. I was met." with i sent a tweet out after the show expressing those same sentiments mm-hmm. that i just said if that music plays i want the belt changed john moxley better just hand the belt over to jericho right <laughs> not only did chris jericho like this tweet <laughs> so hopefully he comes out to the lionheart theme i was met with numerous people that said if they hear that theme they will cry <laughs> fucking marks I I understand them because 
It's something about that time, and if you're a Chris Jericho fan, maybe this is the first time that you saw Chris Jericho. This is the first time I saw Chris Jericho when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. He had Teddy Long as his manager. He was throwing his back against the wall mm-hmm. uh, during his entrance to let the, let the fans, you know, you know, whatever. And he had, you know, a bunch of matches, 96, 97, and then he turns heel in 98. Like, this has been our fucking guy. And he's still, you know... Like, people trying to get him out of here, but he won't let him. Like, and he's got a title match next week, and I'm very excited and, and happy for, for, for Jericho. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope, I hope that they have the music. So, for me, when and I And he put Willer Uta in the lion tamer and made him tap. Yeah, he put his he put his knee right on that man's head, and I was like, this is Quit. full on lion tamer. Quit! Uh, so... When I think of Jericho, I think of like the fake ass knockoff Pearl Jam. So like, I I, I really don't remember. That's like that. the other one to I, me. That's like the B side. I'm not I'm not saying you're wrong at all. I'm just saying like because my memory is so skewed, and I think of him as like the asshole. I think of the Pearl Jam, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I expect like when I'm, I'm expecting him to come out to that, and like you you talking about he comes out to this other one. I was like, I mean, it does sound more baby facious, more baby face us, but like. I don't know if he wants to or not. Whatever, we'll see. Uh, but I think you said like, either is it either one or just that particular the uh, the babyface one is like that that WWE the babyface one anymore. is the one everyone gonna want to cry over. Okay, right, right, but like WWE, which ones is WWE on? Do they own either oh, or both or one? I think they own neither, and okay. because they were W, they were Turner Music things. Because like okay. whenever you pull Jericho up on a network, it's always overdubbed of like break the walls down. Gotcha. So okay. he had that library music, those knockoffs, okay. essentially. So, okay. but those things worked. So that was dynamite. Um, Rampage. So we got John Moxley versus Mance Warner. Yeah. Before the match, mm-hmm. Mance Warner cut a promo explaining yes. who he is, where he's from. Uh, and reiterated what his goal was here. He wanted here to get to, to the pay window. Not, he not, wa- not get, a, not work an arm bar, not wrestle. He wanted to fight, and it was funny to me because like normally people just keep repeating words in, in that kind of manner. Like they they raise their voices louder and louder and louder. But like I thought he's gonna like in, in, you know rule of three. Like he said, I want to fight. I want to fight. I want to fight. And I was like, I thought you were gonna like raise your. It, it, I thought you were going to progressively, like, raise the level on where fight, but you didn't. I was like, that's odd. But, like, it was a very good promo. Um, And I was thinking to myself, like, he's not from Texas, but he seems, like, he sounds like somebody whose dad was, like, that goddamn Stone Cold Steve. Let let me tell you something. That goddamn Stone Cold Steve Austin was the the hottest thing since sliced bread. And, like, this man was watching a whole bunch of Steve Austin. I said, this man from, like, Tennessee, right? I have no idea what his joke is. He's not from from Texas. No, uh, he. <laughs> but like, I thought, I, I thought he kind of had like a third Briscoe vibe. Uh, I I think that is the American flag bandana. Why you get why you get the uh, the the, <laughs> the the Briscoe vibe. But 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 yeah, like I I I caught a lot of like this seems like a person that like studied a lot of Stone Cold or whatever mm-hmm. else. And look, Stone Cold at different stages of his career, depending on his his knees and, and health overall. Stone Cold was a, was a or Steve Austin was a good ass wrestler. So, um, there ain't nobody to, you know to to. That's not somebody to say like, oh, he he followed he studied that guy. He must suck. Like, no, 
Uh, but like, I, I like this promo and it, made, it gave me the vibes of Steve Austin, except like somebody, except not from Texas, right? From, from like, sorry, Pipsy, somebody from like a more, the Eastern, <laughs> the Eastern time zone South, if you will. Like it wasn't Alabama accent. Uh, I think he said he's from Tennessee and that, and it kind of tracks me in my head or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, like, um, this was a very good match, in my opinion. Like, uh, it's more fits in line of the brawling stuff you see out of Moxley, um, of late or whatever else. Um, but yeah, like I thought, I thought they worked hard. I thought it was a really good match, and like, like this is. I don't think this is like some four star match or anything, but like it was a fun match for what it was for a TV match on Rampage. Yeah, I I didn't think it was like a good match. I thought it was like okay. I was like mm-hmm. oh, okay. Like I I was looking for something out of. Man's more. I assume that he's more of a uh, brawler, like brawler deathmatch death person. Type. Yeah, like no DQ, street fight person. Mm-hmm. So like maybe this wasn't his element. So it didn't quite land for me on that level. But gotcha. I was into his promo, and then he did a pro- post match promo that's like they sent out on Twitter. That's I think even better. Than, I missed than it. that one. Um, I saw it pop up today, but um, I could not believe the amount of discourse this match created. Yeah, and um, it was just. We we warn uh, the audience about these people and these debates and all this stuff and what this is. We often say, not only do these people not care, they don't want to learn. They don't want to care. They just are upset like something else exists. And way too many people on my timeline that are smart people that I know just keep falling for this stuff. And it's like, I sent out a video and it seemed to pick up some traction. This is saying, why do we keep doing this? Why do y'all keep doing this? And I saw this and I'm just like, what else did they need? Like, no matter all the amount of times, like people would point out to this gentleman that they played the stuff on dynamite on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. They did it again. Like, they don't care about any of that stuff. Like, they're doing this. It's a grift. It's a gimmick. It's to run up the likes, to stir up like-minded people who share that same inner rage. Whipping the base. Yes. You know, and it's using, you know, deception to, <laughs> to, to you know market to to like-minded individuals that that may you know feel some type of anxiety james you yeah. know yeah uh that they're going to be replaced <laughs> oh my god i can't believe you tied this shit together <laughs> oh my god so, uh so, so are you saying so? that the, the people that stand up for WWE may as well have tiki torches when they stand up <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ uh okay so uh, James Brown, yo, made a good point about, like, he said he put on, he thought that, uh, Master put on, like, a, a bit of a storytelling and technical clinic mm-hmm. in this match, and I, I kind of agree with him. Uh, the, what, the one thing I don't really like is, uh, and, like, it's a matter of taste, is, like, he threw the punch to punch, uh, the chair that Mance Warner had up, and thereby, like, he punched it into Mance's face, and then Mance goes out the ring to Blade, and in the mm-hmm. process, like Moxley is selling like he may have broken, you know, a hand or a knuckle or something, right? Mm-hmm. 
So then later in the match, he then goes to go for the, the you know, the, uh, the, the, the anvil, you know, elbows, uh, or whatever else. And he, after one or two, he switches over to the left. And then that's how, uh, man is able to escape because he had the left hand, a weaker hand. And then you also see later points in the match where, like, before the uh, tombstone, like, Moxie gets him up by not, without an escort, by like, actually, like, you know, holding it like this against his, mm-hmm. um, and that's cool, whatever else. But I think the thing for me was kind of like, the I understand, you know, it's pro wrestling and, like, you know, the hand bones connected to the wrist bone and the wrist bones connected to the, to the, to the, to the uh, forearm bone and the forearm bone sent it to the elbow bone or whatever else. But I was like, okay, he broke his hand, so he's dropping elbows and now his hand hurts. I was like, what? But like, uh, <laughs> but, but like, I get it. Like, even if you, you know, you throwing elbows are going to jostle your hand and your hand's going to be hurting. So like, even like the logic of that is like, it's up to taste whatever else for me it annoys me for other people it's like well yeah like if you're gonna throw elbows and like your hand's gonna jostle it's gonna hurt your hand and your hand is up whatever so i was like whatever like yeah i initially hated that in that little part and then like my them back i was like well maybe it's that part that reason why he's doing it and i was like okay that i still don't i wouldn't have done this in my i would have put this in my match that i would never have but whatever it's a taste thing so um but yeah like moxley that's the thing about moxley in his matches like ever since he left wwe like the only match you really ever got a, a real chance to really show like that there is a thinking man's wrestler inside of inside of all the crazy things he was doing or wild man things he was doing or Terry Funkish type things he was doing was like that match he had with at Roadblock against Triple H. Everything else is like you go out there and you, and you do the, the 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 Terry Funk you know return off the clothesline and and like you act like you don't got like you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You just rebox on. You just do it right <laughs> and. And, like, this is a thinking man's wrestler, and I can see why he was miserable in the WWE, because, like, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to do this that way. Like, I want to do storytelling and logical through lines and all the stuff, and, like, you see him go through this match, and, and it's like, this dude, like, has a mind for getting through a match, and, like, you can tell, like, at times, like, things are breaking down, like, he's calling this stuff on the fly as it's happening, and it's like, he he would not have gotten the room and the space to do that sort of thing in WWE or not, or he wasn't, it didn't seem like he was given that or whatever else at, at a lot of times, at times it would have been crucial times for him to like, you know, raise to the level, but they didn't want to get him to the next level. They wanted to keep him where he is and then like dust him off whenever they needed, like, like Roman to not be booed on that particular day. And like, I'm glad that like, he, he has proven himself right by leaving over and over and over for the past Three He's running up the score. Yeah, like it is. It is some real like Harlem Globetrotter Washington uh, General shit. He, it really has been. It's great to watch. <laughs> it's been great to watch. <laughs> Indeed. Um, so this match, um, yeah, Mox wins, um, and no world title matches given out after. Right. So uh, you I lose, you get we'll not see- shit. Yeah, I assume we'll see Mance Warner again, and uh, hopefully, you know, people won't curl up into a ball and cry when they see a new wrestler appear on their screen uh, the next time. Um, how do you see new wrestlers if, like, you just don't, like, if everything just has to, I don't know, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir they, they, Yeah, like, uh, you guys are smart and listen to this show, so. They, like, a lot of these people that, are, like, quick questioning like who these people are like they they act like they're me in a social setting like who is this i don't trust it like I, 
like, like, lower, they're just wrestlers, not, they're not someone that's trying to talk to you, they just want to wrestle in front of you, like, it's fine, it's fine. Amazing. Um, up next, we had Madison Rain making her AW debut, taking on Layla Gray. This was not good. Just a match. This was like... I Do you think it was less than a match, or was it just a match? I thought this was horrible. Um, I thought this was... I thought it was like, super slow. I thought DJ Screw was up at the... You know how they had DJ pre-dragging at the Stardom show? I thought they brought <laughs> DJ Screw back from the dead and, and parked him up there with a turntable and turned this shit way down. Um, I don't think this is a reflection on what Madison Rain is going to offer in the future. Layla Gray isn't very experienced as a wrestler. That's true. Um, but... They're just, I guess this is why Madison Rain is a, is a new coach here. Um, yeah. There are other people there that one would think would be capable of doing this, but I think the women's division is all over the place. It has kind of an identity crisis. Um, yeah, like, do they want to have a tag division or not? That's a big part of this. Do they want to have a tag division or not? Because it seems like it's. Do you think like they're doing this like pseudo tag division or or, or sim or like a, looks like a build towards a tag women's tag division because there's a men's trios division? Do you think that's what it is? Possibly, but um, I mean, I don't mind it if they're going to do like you know Thunderstorm and Britt Baker and um and and Jamie Hader and like top and like uh what's Anna and Ty's. Anna and Tay's tag name. TJ. TJ. If they're going to do that, I don't mind it at all. Because, like, you know, like I mentioned, like, Britt and Jamie, like, they're a good tag team. So, I don't mind it. Uh, but it seems that's where, that's where they're headed right now. It's like you have the Jade universe that's all over there. Yeah. You have, like, Thunder Rosa kind of just the other champion while being the main champion. Um, well, I think she's right now she's caught up in, like, the, the tag team division. Yeah, this, this like, potential tag messing around division. with the tag stuff. Then, like, Matt, Coach Madison Rain is being imported. There's, like, the Joshis that don't get used that much anymore on the main shows. Are they, are they like, even over here? Like, oh, oh, Sheeta's I, here. Sheeta's over Remy here. is here. I don't know where Riho went. Um, well, I know she was injured, asked, but the reason why I ask is like they were on uh, Riho and uh, she were both on the uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro show. Gotcha. Uh, so that was like that was like three weeks. That's three weeks ago. Like, so I didn't Shida, know. I didn't know if like both Shida either one of them came Sakura, back or not. Shida and Emi Sakura were on Dark Elevation last week facing each other. And, really? Yeah. How was the match? I didn't see it. Damn. Yeah. So right. I guess uh, I'll check that. But out. but we've got Madison Rain and Layla Gray here on on this, and it's like, well, what does this like division want to be like? It's 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 almost like they're throwing every ingredient. They're like trying to throw impact style stuff from like fifteen years ago, like the uh, impact stuff from ten years ago, divas era stuff, uh, w- legit women's wrestlers. Uh, supermodel you know can't miss style wrestlers like you know and then there's like joshi there and then there's like i don't know it's just a lot that's all over the place that it seems like like people talk about things being unorganized and like directionless right this seems like it yeah (laughs) this is it like like michael jackson this is it (laughs) (laughs) it's like if I had to like, like I don't know what the fuck the hierarchy is, um, on, like as far as like 
if I drew two random members out of the hat, I feel like I should be able to tell you who would beat who. I have no idea. Like if you if you put the, you take the champions out, you leave everybody, or you take the champions and you take Brit out, right? Mm-hmm. You leave everyone else. Anyone can beat anybody on any given day. It's just like <laughs> chaos. I feel like, um, and it's like where's Ricardo Shida? Yeah, she's been gone for a minute. It seems and like uh. Lothario never just pointed out in the thread in the thread like she's she's still or she was, you know she's been double dipping between like uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro and Ice Ribbon like uh, she's been helping out from what I can tell she's been helping out trying to help out Ice Ribbon a lot especially since like uh you know Sukasha or Sukasha my God I'm that drunk uh Sukasa and like Sukushi both like uh went on hiatus or slash retired so um. Yeah, like she's kind of making the use of her time, her downtime elsewhere. Uh, but like, I would, I gotta say, like, I would love for her to come back because she's really fucking good. Same. Um, and you know, I, I don't know. I like Mass and Rain thing. I'm like, all right, like after that match is like, I don't know. And you know what also made it weird for that match. Like I'm, I'm looking at them, and I'm looking at both of the gears, and like they both have like almost like starter generic indie gear, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is on national television. Like you got to show up, like, and I've seen Layla Gray in some like good stuff before, um, but I don't know, I'm, yeah. I'm not feeling it. I mean, it's not. It's, I guess it's not neither here nor there. But it's like it's, you know, it's just a quick match, whatever. But I was just like, okay. So then, like, this sets up a match where she um, faces Jay because Jay came down later, gave her to yep. beat her ass. Uh, so she, I hope the match is good. Yes, because um, if it's not, I'm going to have questions. Um, so up next, we got Kanosuke Takeshita going over Ryan Nemeth in just about 90 seconds. The way this was taped, the crowd had already seen Kanosuke Takeshita versus Claudio and gave this young man a raucous reception during this. I, I, that's what I figured what was happening because like Takeshita came out first and is like he's never he, he's never came out and been over like this. <laughs> so so then so you know you obviously know like. They did the second taping, so, like, you know, obviously, they're doing Battle of the Belts first, because, like, you know, do the Rampage later. And, like, he comes out, and, like, they're hot for for him, and I was like, obviously, like, he's a good, he's had he's had a number of it's matches. That, that command, he's had a number of great matches. Say again? They sold tickets. Konosuke Tatesuka sold tickets. Yeah, like, him and, him and, yeah, yeah, for Battle of the Belts, like, that, that, that taping, like, it, so, it was, it was doing a certain level and then, like, they announced that match, and then all of a sudden they had to open up space for more room for to sell tickets. And, like, they moved, like, a thousand tickets from, like, in, like, span of a, a week or something like that in the time they announced that match. So, like, that, that, Takeshita and Cesaro match definitely moved some tickets. Um, so, like, I'm watching it, and I'm just like, okay, so, like, I, I haven't watched Battle of the Belts, but I'm I just like okay. So people really like to catch. Obviously, a lot of people came to see the catch in the in the match, whatever else, um, on Battle of the Belts. And like I was like, he must have did he must have did some real really impressive for people uh, on Battle of the Belts for for them to act like this because this is like you know at that point in time like it's 
second hour of a taping or less important, you know, quote unquote thing of a taping and they were up for him or whatever else. And, you know, he let him do his thing, let him hit the ropes three times, come off with the, you know, the Bret Hart, or I'm sorry, the Shawn Michaels flying, jumping Night Toe Lariat or whatever else. Well, Night Toe didn't throw the Lariat. He does the, the shoulder block thing or whatever else, but the Shawn Michaels Lariat thing or Undertaker Lariat actually is what really what it is. But, um, yeah, like, and then he hit the blue, uh, Thunderbomb. Uh, yeah, just, you know, did, did the, did the hits and got out of there. The crowd really enjoyed it. And I was like, okay, people are starting to catch on this front of live audience. Before it used to be like, you know, comes out, no one makes a sound and then the match starts and then they start making a sound for his match. And now it's like this case, like he actually got a pop and I was like, okay, if we were, we're, 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 we're headed there. We're headed there. We're going to get there. Indeed. Um, so in the main event, we had the, uh, AEW World Tag Team Champions, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland taking on Tony Nese and Josh Woods. Thought this was a nice, solid match. Um, this is a Friday night street fight. This was not for the championships, uh, but cool finish in this match. Um, there were some, like, so there was some buying it going on here. Keith Lee ended up taking a sick German suplex through uh, yeah. the table. And it was a great setup and sell throughout the whole way to get to it, where they built to it, where it's like, they lean, he, you know, the lean off the top rope, lean through the middle rope. Then he gets hit with something, and then like he finally goes, and I, and I was like, he's actually going this time because like yep. you know, and then he went and you know obviously covered the back of his head because obviously a smart thing to do, uh, and I was like, that's a that's a that's a rough bump to take for someone his size, um, through only one you know one row of table, uh, so, um, yeah, just. I don't Swerve know what to make of this nice match. Swerve hit a nice 450 at, at one point. There was yeah, like, yeah, to break up a pin over yeah. double. They were double stacked on Keith Lee. Yeah, and he had the 450. Yep. So what do you what what would you have given this as a match rating? I would probably say like three and a half. Hmm. I'm probably a little bit higher. Probably like three and three quarters, something like that, but not much higher. Yeah, I didn't think it was a great match. Like, uh, but the close, but like. Uh, they did like, everything you wanted to do. The crowd, the crowd saw them tables during the Mass Warner match when he was going for the chairs, and like everyone was waiting for like the, the tables. Uh, so they they finally gave him the tables, and then like they were happy and continued to cheer for the match. It was like I'm tired of people. I'm tired of people wanting tables, tables so man. Yeah, um, fall through I, shit already. Get just get to it. Like, I think these guys could probably have a, a better regular rules match, honestly. I, probably, yeah. Because yeah. like Swerve and Nice never miss. Um, you know, they're they're great and all these two other like like big guys <laughs> gotta do is like be big. <laughs> we can't leave this out because you mentioned it earlier about uh about the, the verses, if you will, between uh <laughs> uh between Sterling and between a Hathaway. And Sterling, oh yeah, he was he was excellent in this. <laughs> Keith Lee does the you know the the rising monster out the water thing like he's Godzilla like he's always done. Except like it's not NXT, so like they didn't catch it and do it right. <laughs> like catch a close up of him just rising up. They just caught him just standing there, just licking the face, and it's like in context when you when you like if you're someone that doesn't know like what they used to how they used to shoot in NXT, you're kind of like why are you just sitting there like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> but but like you know what he was going for they just they just missed it so uh he throws him off and like 
he throws him off the top rope through the table and he goes crashing through. And like the way he throws him is like, you know, I expect him to do the flip bump over the top and land on his back. And like he's like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm just gonna elbow drop this fucking table. <laughs> and it made me pop because it's like, you that lazy? <laughs> he can't do a flip. He can't do a flip for the powerful, powerful Keith Lee. All right, fine, whatever. Elbow drop it, whatever, man. But yeah, he he uh. Uh, Sterling's out here doing bumps and, 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 you know, getting cake thrown on him left and right. That man is sh- do- showing all the ass right now. I can see why you like him so much more than Stokely right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was Rampage. Um, then we got Battle of the Belts. Um, and I'll take you guys through this right here. This was the best Battle of the Belts that they've done thus far. Uh, it seems like they may have got the, the notice on the first two, like if you weren't really feeling them, um, they opened up with Wardlow and Jay lethal. They went about seven minutes, 21 seconds. Um, Wardlow just dominated this thing. Um, another great suit for Satin Singh. I don't remember the color on this one, but, um, he was he was there and um you know lethal and, and warlow like they had a had nice chemistry they knew how to make warlow like look look good and this was excellent warlow retained um he had one power bomb for the finish so he didn't like repeatedly power bomb him uh up next we have thunder rosa and jamie hater uh, and this was a, another solid match here uh i would probably say um this one i would probably go like three and a quarter maybe three and a half on this one and um there was there was a lot of interference running interference between um like thunderstorm or tony storm was out there rebel was out there Britt was out there of course and it was like they were all trying to avoid all that but rosa and um uh Jamie were hitting each other hard. Like they were in there, like not afraid of the physicality. So uh, I appreciated that. And um, Thunder ended up retaining, getting a win. Jamie Hedder did suffer a broken nose in this match. Um, I believe how bad it, is a broken nose? Like she, how much time is she gonna miss? Don't know. Um, but okay. she was basically giving uh, Rosa a brain buster, and then Rosa's feet came down and hit her. Like kind of, and it <sighs> yeah. So it was it was total like freak accident kind of broken nose so uh jamie will probably come out with a face mask on and you know you know still be a number one seed out here so um after that we got the main event um claudio casanoli kanoski Takeshita had him from the first couple minutes of the match it was just you knew you were watching something special uh four and a half stars for me on this one um i think these guys everybody wanted to see it uh, this is one of the rare cases where Takeshi is a smaller man in this match, so he was uh, <laughs> moving around six and, and two doing, versus six four, <laughs> right? Doing very athletic things in this match. Uh, he was wrestling a lot, like uh, like he was doing a lot of El Generico stuff. Uh, Casanova was just like being the ultimate base, um, and he ended up getting the win, of course, um, giving a Ricola bomb for the for the win. But they were working over the they they put. It together so well the stuff they did were working on early in the match ended up factoring in uh as you know the match was going on i was watching this live on the stream uh and it was this was excellent like go out of your way to watch this uh and it's just like to catch the, the day like everyone wants him to win so badly he's used as a bad faith talking point he's used as like a kind of like there's rumors about uh 
you know, him being the perfect guy like WWE may want to sign uh, and, you know, things of that nature. And it's just like this guy has just walked in here and, <laughs> you know, staked his claim pretty much. And, you know, I I think that they're doing this intentional thing with him. Like, it's like some Kenny Kobashi shit. Like, they're just going to keep fucking beating him until people are in a frenzy and you give him the win and they're going to explode. Um, if it was me, I'd have fucking flipped the belt here. Like, I don't care about the ROH belt. Like, <laughs> but obviously you can't do that because, like, they're, you know, they're rebuilding that whole thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, Takesh is a, a fucking superstar. Um, like, and I don't know, like, how the rest of his excursion is going to go, but it's only been three months. He's going to be here nine more months. Imagine what will happen throughout that. Like, he doesn't miss. Like, this guy rolls out, and it's just super quality every time. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Then I watched a match that was even better than that immediately after. <laughs> I watched Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay in the G1. Man, when we talk about all-time great wrestling rivalries – Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay should be right in any discussion. This is their fourth one, right? This is their fifth match, I believe. Fifth. Um, um, yeah, yeah, because they had a match earlier this year, uh, and then oh, in the, the New Japan Cup, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. Shingo versus Will should be on any wrestling rivalry, like your Flair Steamboat, Kato Omega. Brett Sean, even though Brett Sean never like really got to that level like that because of mm-hmm. a myriad of reasons. Um, Okada Omega, this like Okada Tanahashi, this like it is. You talk about guys that just like when they're in the ring together, they have ultimate trust in each other to work at a lightning speed and know that they're going to be there. This was just like a masterclass five stars. I have not given a lot of five-star matches this year. I've been like... How many have you given this year, do you think? <sighs> Man, um, I would have to check. It's it's in the single digits. Um, and like... How many I've given maybe this year? One hand, maybe one hand, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was just like... I, I know some people are going to say, yeah, I don't think it was like better than you know the other match they had like that's not the fine. point the Whatever. other match they had is one of the like <laughs> it's like one of the 15 greatest matches i think i've ever seen yeah like but it's like yo they show up to this g1 this clap crowd was going fucking crazy for them like and you know people joke about not being able to well, oh y'all are measuring the claps <laughs> but no like they were clearly engaged with this on uh, both sides and just like losing their minds. You could just tell. Um, Shingo ended up getting the win. And, Interesting. And it was like, uh, like Will had did some of Shingo's moves on him. The, like they had a great finishing sequence, great like opening sequence. Like they were working like at an intense pace the whole time. I love this match. This is going to like barring anything ridiculous. Like this, this will be on my match of the year list um, coming up. So, this was like, uh, like Josh asked me, like, you know, like it's been a long time since I've seen um, Okada and Will Osprey, right? But he asked me what was better, or better. I think it was Josh asked me, and I was just like, really? I don't know, because it's been so long. It was just like, I don't is, yeah, is that's the only match. I, I don't know. That's the only match I give him five stars this year. Like I, yeah. and then like when I say that, like 
I don't. I stop at five. Like, but when I say that, like, in terms of Dave Meltzer stars, like that is at least that is at least at the minimum of five and five and a half star match from Dave Meltzer. Like that may have been like some five and three quarter shit for Dave Meltzer. I don't. I don't know what he actually gave, but like in my mind of like when I think of that level of match, I think of like the matches that actually five like five and a half. Okay. If I'm not yeah. But, right. So, but here's the thing, right? He gave uh, Adam Cole versus Gargano five and a half. I think. I think mm. that match smokes that, right? Mm. And that's not to say that match isn't great, but I'm saying like that match, uh, from a TV watch perspective, watching it live, it didn't hold up that way. But watching on, but I can see you like watching when I watch it on TV. You went five point seven five. Okay, so that that's that's. That's what I'm. That's what I think of that match in, in terms of Dave Meltzer. It's like a, it's a five and three quarter star match. Like I think that match was out of this world awesome and like went like just twenty minutes of just like unbelievable shit. Um, and the only thing that like the reason why people wouldn't give it six stars or whatever else you want to call it or Dave Meltzer six stars is like the fact that it's in front of a clap crowd. Like I thought the match was phenomenal. Like one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. So yeah, uh, if it is like I, I mean I wouldn't be shocked because like. The first, the you know, best Super Junior 2019, um, Okada in in uh, not Okada, but Osprey in Shingo was on that level too. So like that doesn't that one that doesn't surprise me. They've done this before, right? Yeah, we've been here before with them. Like every match they've had has been like a cl- absolute classic. So yeah, that doesn't surprise me in the least bit. They didn't want another match they had went off. Yeah, uh, they're like the um, most bankable like tr- like duo since Okada and Omega. Yep. They have um I'm looking on Cage Master right now. So the Okada and Osprey match has a nine point two three on Cage Master. This has a nine point two two on Cage Master. So um I don't know. maybe it's a you know I, I don't know. I and the first comment I see is an asshole giving it a three. Like Yeah, people do like, that. Fuck shit. off. Like <laughs> that's that's the worst thing. That's the thing that most people know about watching like looking at these Joshi scores and it's like, okay, so this match has thirty votes, right? Like fifteen of them are nines. <laughs> Ten of them are eights. Like Five of them are are sevens, and then like you get a, a the, the last five left are like people get throwing a a three or a four or a five, and it's like don't get fucked. This match that just this 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 match that like made a clap crowd rumble. It it you mean to tell me it's a two and a half star match because it didn't it didn't do this particular thing you like? This happens a lot of fun. I'm not really into who it is, but like this happens in a lot of people starter matches. And I'm like get the fuck out of here. Stop stop blowing these people's ratings. He's you're an asshole. Get fucked. Jesus, but yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> we don't have any stardom stuff this week. No, we do not. Rich, uh, check your email. I shall. So we do not have stardom, as mentioned, uh, in, not on the recording of this show, but on the live stream um, at the start before we started the podcast that uh, they don't have all of the Saturday show up day three of the Grand Prix. So we'll cover that next week um, and we'll, whatever we have available, we'll cover it. And then we'll also preview the pay-per-view on the 21st. I believe I think next week will be the time to preview it. I'm not sure. I, my, my mind, I'm it's my mind shot right now. But yeah. But in the meantime, we're going to cover uh, Nomads Volume Two. Uh, Rich, do you have it ready? 
I do, so I'm gonna I'm hit, gonna the you to hit the music. Oh. Yes, okay. you hit the music. See him rocking with that with that double bass, you know, and that you know, you know, hitting that that do 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 do. So take take us through Nomads James. for those not familiar with the uh, with the Nomads concept. So because of where we are with post pandemic um, era of Joshi wrestling and stardom and Tokyo Joshi Pro basically becoming like these two the two labels. It's only going to be two labels. labels. Um, the rest of the Joshi scene um, has struggled, and a lot of the wrestlers, like with the closing of took of uh, Act Rest Girls, uh, with a huge stable of people that you know in stardom. If you're a Joshi fan of like uh, someone like an Ameka, Tam Nakano, Nasapoy, um, like to see that closed down, and they they were a a promotion that had like two sub two sub brands. A more serious brand in beginning, and a more, uh, let's say, stage actressy type of pro wrestling of of goofiness, if you will, called uh, Colors. Um, all of, a lot of them have became freelancers, and also there were always top freelancers in in the Joshi scene that like end up at you know the various promotions that make the rounds, whether it's a Oz Academy or Seedling or an Ice Ribbon or Sendai Girls. And um, the la- the first show for, for Nomads, uh, I, I had uh, JD from Redly Retrocast point this out, talking about how, like, when you're a freelancer, they'll push you to a certain slot, but they won't put you over. Or they'll put you over to be a transitional champion to get you to the next person. But, like, you'll never be someone's top star and mm-hmm. a lot of people that are a lot of the best wrestlers in the in the promote in the scene or freelancers because they're that talented and get a number of dates but the thing is like they can't they won't be ever they won't ever be on top or if they are on top it won't be for long or they'll be like tag champions or they'll be a uh almost like a a replacement champion like for example um in prominence because they're a freelance faction um because of an injury for the top champion in wave now Suzuki is the top champion in Wave. She's the Regina the Wave champion because Nozaki tore ACL, which sucks because Nozaki is really fucking good. Um, so when you think about that in those terms, like if they're going to come out here and they're going to be put in these matches to be set up to have to lose big matches often or more times than not, 
unless they're, you know, elder statesmen like an Anand Takahashi or Hiroya Matsumoto, that sort of thing. How are these people going to, like, have their own fan base and draw or, or make a lot of money doing this, right? Outside of just doing a shit ton of dates, which can wear and ter- do a lot of wear and tear on your body and your long-term trajectory in pro wrestling. So, mm-hmm. um, a group of a group of them, Maya Yuki, former multiple-time top champion, Ice Ribbon, who, you know, along with the prominent affection, also decided to leave, who, you know, um, she went freelance, and Miyuki Takase, former um, at Rest Girls champion, she's been a freelance forever. I, I first came across her in Seedling in like middle of the card matches and county matches that involved Shuri of all people in Max Voltage, Nanai's faction at the time. So it was like it was Miyuki Takase, who was the young girl who got trained by Mizunami, and Big Homie is Nanai, and like they would come out. And they would do a whole, like, Ms. Nine would come out here and do a whole rap thing. And then they start dancing. They would have two uh, two idols with them. And they do a whole dance routine. And then the Nine's in the middle just doing a dance. And it's fucking hilarious. Uh, so, but she's very good. She's very good. She's one of my favorite freelancers in the, in the scene. And people like Rina Yamashita, who's came over here to Deadlock Pro and done, I think she's done, like, a GCW. She's done death matches over here in America. Um... And Natsu Sumire, former stardom, Oedo Tai, you familiar with her, um, the kid wrestler, if you will. Um, after she had an injury, she took a hiatus, or shoulder injury, she took a, hi- a hiatus, and they all kind of got together, and they said, let's kind of, like, pull our money together, especially Miyuki Takase, starts flipping the bill for the first show, and let's, like, basically have a promotion that's basically for the freelancers. Um, so the first one... They had back in late May. Smash success. They didn't do Shinkiba. They did Shinjuku. Uh, no face. Sold out the tickets immediately. Um, or not immediately, but close to immediately. Sold out the tickets. And then they went out there and they had a very good show. And like had a killer main event. Mizunami in, in the tag match. She won. Um, pinning Mayuki. And they decided to do a second one. Um, on the 5th. So last Friday. And um, I don't think this show is as good as the first one, but like I like the storyline beats and like it's it's in a way it kind of reminds me of like obviously a more adult, less goofy and wacky version, but like it reminds me of like the stuff they're kind of trying to do with like Sardom New Blood, where it's like we have this certain particular roster and like we will throw storylines set up like the next show mm-hmm. and that's in like people relationships and we know that like eventually these people are going to wrestle each other and and there's just going to be like solid wrestling more, more than solid wrestling on this particular show but i think that it peaked higher in the first show but i thought this was still a very good show nonetheless so uh let's just start um first match opening match you uh maya yuki versus yugo sakurai yugo sakurai the number three in colors um maya yuki you know throws kicks around and then eventually she ends up um at the end ends up getting a i don't even know what the hell to call this best thing i can call it is she slaps on a leg assist stretch plum rings a saturn combination and gets a submission right like what the fuck? I, 
I'm sure she has an A for it. I've never seen it used before. She's she's my favorite that I've ever in the, in the, in like the half dozen matches I've ever seen or shows I've ever seen Ice Ribbon. She's always mm-hmm. been my favorite. And like my match for her would be like I would like to see her Mayu like just two like you know five four ish skinny ish strikers kicking shit out of each other. That's that's mm-hmm. the kind of match I always wanted to see for my uh, Maya versus Mayu. Um, so. She's getting to win with that one. Uh, I gave this. Uh, I gave this. It's like decent opening match. Just something to throw out there, and you know, a top dog versus a smaller dog, and you know, I gave it uh, two and three quarters. Um, next match for that tag match. Uh, sorry, Ano, whose music. Uh, sorry, Ano, whose music you just heard uh, in the drop. Uh, in Tehama, formerly of Actress Girls, also an Ice Ribbon. Um, and Mike Ozaki of Ice Ribbon, who was on a, uh, recently was just on, she was like cornering, uh, who was, it doesn't matter. We'll move on. Waste too much time. Uh, she was on New Blood, she was on New Blood cornering Ram Kaicho, but it's neither here nor there. Uh, she was tagging with, uh, tag, their trios match and they're tagging is, uh, Makoto and Keo Kobayashi and if my name will... Wrestler that I'm not familiar with, so that's why I'm losing track of their name. Uh, Mocha, Mocha Haru, Harui. So this match starts off with they're all shaking hands, and then Sayori won't shake Ko Kobayashi's hands. Ko Kobayashi is she's a very good high speed wrestler. She's mm-hmm. also a shit stirrer. So like. She's like, you won't shake my hand. Why don't you shake my hand? Shake my hand. See, everybody else shake my hand. I'll shake, I'll shake your teammate's hand. Shake my hand. Sayori won't shake her hand. Like, just won't have it. So the whole match is building towards, all right, we're, us two are starting to match. They start the match, and then they, everybody gets in. Um, and, like, Maiko Ozaki, who's the ice ribbon, she's a power wrestler. And, like, so she is basically in there with, like, Tehoma and Sariano. And Sariano, Rich, The best way to explain Seriani is imagine if like Natsupo was two inches taller. Like, and what I mean by that is like they both started in Actress Girls. They both wore the same gear. They both had the, about the same haircut before uh, Natsupo went blonde with the brown hair. And they also look similar. Right? We're, we're, and also like wear the white gear and same thing. Like, they're, they're, uh, they're damn near like Natsupo is a better wrestler. Like, she's easier to identify as a great wrestler with great skill or whatever else. And it took me a minute to figure out kind of how good uh, Sayori is. And I'm still learning that. But like, I knew she had to work. She was good. This is a match where I finally figured out like, oh no, she's not just good. She's very good. Um, so, so, so do you think we'll have to worry about trusting her? I don't have any problems trusting that support. That's just a you thing because <laughs> that's a you thing. <laughs> uh, I, I can't. I can't quite. Something, something ain't right, you know. Maybe, maybe you moved to Sayoriano because, like, she because you know she has. In fact, I can't even say that because you know what Sayori also does when she freelances in uh in Oz Academy. Does she roll with the police? She's a member of Ozaki Kuno. <laughs> Yeah, I can't be. I can't, hey, be, I can't her. be now. See, see, I, I knew, I knew, I knew the intuition. She, she greenlights. She drink. She greenlights as a, as a degenerate. Yes, so you can't even trust it. But uh, but yeah. So, um, Makoto and 
and Ko like they're keeping it strong. And like if you ever see Ko Kobashi in this particular gear, like she's in the she's full on like Ultimate Warrior slash Young Bucks tassels, like multi colored tassels. And like uh, they're getting into it. And by the end, you get closing stretch. You get to this awesome uh, particular moment where like it's a victory roll and they're reversing victory rolls with flips, like flipping over even on top, flipping over top. And then eventually, like each time Ko gets on top, her two teammates. One time tries to like, you know, throw a kick to try to flip it, flip the, the pin to the advantage of her team, but ultimately like fails and ends up hitting Kale. So Kale gets at the bottom of the pin and she kicks out. And the next one, her next teammate kicks and does it again. And then they end up having to make a save. So it was a great, uh, near fall where it's like, oh, they've screwed her twice. She's done. And she actually kicked out at the end. Um, ultimately at the end, um, Sayori and Kale end up, you know, fighting for more, uh, pins and then, Sayori ends up getting a backslide and does a bridge over black backslide over the top. Like, you know how um, Saber does that European clutch where she, you know, he does the arms and leans yeah. over. Imagine that for, imagine a backslide and then someone gets the legs over. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like the only other person I think I've ever seen do that is Mayu, is Mayu. like young Mayu. Right. And I was mm-hmm. like, just like, and I'm watching this. I'm like, okay. Like when we did the show talking about the first, um, back in March, talking about the first uh, Nomads with with JD from Red Leaf Retrocast, I, I said like he was mentioning like it's cool to do a super show, a, a freelance super show, but the thing is you have that you need to have through lines, make people invested, and actually get into trying to make this feel like an actual promotion and just a all star show every single week because like that's cool, but like how long is that going to last as far as your people's engagement in it? And he said also part of that would be like a big part of that would be like try to. You know, because of, as I mentioned, like people are being slotted, like you need to try to find someone that's like be a breakout star. You can actually push as like a top person for this, this, uh, all-star promotion. And I mentioned like, what about Sayori? Like, I don't know how good she is. I know she's good, but how good is she? Watching this, it's like, nah, like I have more of an answer. She is, she is more than just good. She's very good. So, mm-hmm. um, this could be, this could be the start of, you know progress for the beginning of like picking out the people you want to pick to do this in the future. Like I already know Miyuki Takasi is going to be fine in this and that's somebody want to do this, but, but like it needs to be more than just one. Um, so next match after this is Ryu Mizunami versus Ami, uh, sorry, versus Rina Amikora. Um, Rina Amikora is like the muscle in colors. She's mm-hmm. number four in the faction, but she's the biggest and she, and she's a power wrestler. So you already know what you're getting. Mizunami is in the third match. You're going to get some funny stuff. And then you're, you're going to have a funny match. And then you're going to have a serious match. And I thought that Mizunami did a great job of wrestler that even though she has more experience in terms of years, doesn't have many, as much experience in terms of matches. Like she lost like a year to 15 months with some type of hiatus. I don't know what it is, but she missed a long amount of, a long amount of time. And when she's been on Amakori, when she's been on New Bloods, like against people like Ida, you can see her when she's with another power wrestler. She can have a she can have a fun match, and this was a fun match. I thought that like Mizunami, like showed how much of a professional she a wrestler, um, a veteran professional wrestler she was, like carrying this this woman that doesn't have the same experience level, isn't on the same level uh, as far as physical talent, but as far as like 
I'll, I'll beat her, but tell the class story of like, I'm the more veteran, I'm the better wrestler, I'm the more widely recognized name, I'm going to no sell for this woman, I'm going to beat the shit out of her, she's going to come back, and when she comes back first off, I'm going to bump my ass off for her, and then I'm going to come back and get on top of her, and then ultimately I'm going to put her away, and at the end, Mizunami ends up being there with a running lariat, I, I, I really enjoyed his match for, uh, I don't know how, how long, it didn't go very long, but I gave it uh, three and a quarter. Um, then you end up getting to, um, the more money, uh, end of it, uh, for some main event, Natsu Samire returning for her first series match since, uh, she had her shoulder, shoulder injury and left stardom, uh, with Miyuki Takase versus Sa- all cap Saki and Akari Shimizu from Colors. And before the match, they showed a vignette of like Natsu being depressed watching a video of I guess whenever the injury happened and apparently like it seems like Shuri hit her with a kick in her and it like dislodged her shoulder <laughs> that, that appears to be what the injury was of what fucked her shoulder um and she's sitting there depressed and like she walks she walks she's walking the street at night because she's depressed and like she drops her ring gear on the ground and like she basically like like goes to a a, a playground and just like rises swing or not right to swing but like sits on the swing and depressed with her head down and then apparently like you can see a shadowy figure in the background and it's Miyuki Takase picking up the gear and then she walks up on um a depressed Natsu and hands her back the gear kind of like saying like hey you can't just retire you got to pick yourself up and she gets she picks up the gear again and she smiles and she's like back she walks back on her way and the next thing you know like she's walking like with like a, a sense of joy you show a picture of, of Miyuki and she does like the thriller eyes, like with the, except they're red instead of yellow. Like, like I got this one to be back evil again. And next thing you know, Miyuki Takase shows up in all black leather gear looking like, <laughs> looking like Julia slash Tekla. <laughs> With, with with like with like the the black leather looking like a dominatrix with like and also has the Julia hair if you will well not the Julia hair but like you get what I mean when I say the Julia hair she has she has like she has one of them hairdos where it's like I don't know if this is I don't know if it's appropriate for her to be wearing it, this hair but she has it so what it is what it is and then Natsu comes out and um and then the baby face come out Kari and, and all cap Saki come out and, uh, you know, them being, the, you know, the top, you know, just the baby faces, baby faces you can ever see. They want to shake hands. They get attacked at the bell by Natsu, who's always was a heel when she was, um, when she was wrestling in now this like evil looking Miyuki Takase. And, and then they start going outside the ring, garbage brawling all across. And I'm just like, my eyes glaze over. I'm like, when y'all get in the ring and then they got back in the ring and they worked a regular rule, a regular tag match where they got heat on Hikari. Hikari fought out. They got uh, Saki in the ring. Saki and Miyuki, Miyuki are in there, and they're going back and forth with brawling and and wrestling and throwing um, throwing suplexes, and it's really good. And then ultimately they get uh, Hikari back in there with Natsu, and at the end of it, Hikari ends up. They end up clearing out um, Miyuki. And uh, there's a, there's two moves done on Natsu, including the final one by uh, uh, Hikari hitting a double foot stomp off top rope onto Natsu and pinning Natsu and like put over young talent. 
or younger talent, fresher talent, um, and then some main event of this. So, like, you know, they're really into the colors things, it appears to be. Uh, or at least, you know, the top two in Galaxy Punch of Hikari and, so- and All Cap Saga. So that was cool. And then you get the main event. Rich, I'm going to give you the line of it. Rina Yamashita, who you've heard of, you versus Nanai and Hiroyo Matsumoto. Man. <laughs> so, uh, this match wasn't as, uh, they didn't put the gas pedal down like you would think, but at about the halfway point, they did, and it was great. Like, they did a lot of goofy, fun stuff, like, you know, because, uh, Hiroyo and Nat in uh Hiroyo and Nanai in uh Seedling, they were an odd couple tag team because like for the longest they always were beefing with each other for forever in Seedling, and then eventually they became the tag team champions right before uh Nanai left Seedling. Um so like they're they're back together, so they're they have their things or whatever else, but ultimately like this started where they uh they go to shake hands, Nanai and Rena have beef, Rena's flicking off or flipping off. Nanai, Nanai's like, what the fuck? So they start to match. They they go back and forth. And then tag team, you know, tag team wrestling ensues. People interfere in each other's near falls and all that kind of stuff. People get in and out. And the closing stretch is Rena and Nanai. And, like, it's... it's Nanai's not at the level that she was before the, the ankle or foot surgery in, the, in, in early 2020. But... Her layouts of matches and closing stretches, time running is time running down. Is still just like, still just great, right? So like, they're having the closing stretch and they're going back and forth with bombs, but bomb throwing and near falls at, at two, and people making last second saves and people being like kicking out, like in you know on like deep deep covers on on um on like catch people in near falls, like like flash near falls, whatever else, and then ultimately at the end. Uh, Nanai ends up beating uh, Rina with a Nana Racker, racker her uh, Hammerlock Power Slam. Like, she got her up the first time and then, like, collapsed underneath her feet. And then, like, immediately was like, Yeah, I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm not going to be just embarrassed on this. Like, I could pin her here, but like, get her up, do it the right way, and then uh, pin Rina. Um, and then at the end, because Rina is actually, like, you know, a four first, a forward facing member of like the promotion of nomad she goes to do the sign off and the next thing you know i'm like i hear some music in the background i'm like no is that jungle kiona's music what is jungle what is jungle kiona doing in the in the nomad zone right (laughs) (laughs) Um, so she comes out and uh she i guess she more or less sets up a matchup between her and rena and um, I'm very excited. I, you know, when I first saw the Nomads and um, it happened after Jungle had left Stardom, I was like, this is a perfect place for her. Um, you know, obviously, we you know, she has a bunch of bookings over for the second half of this year or the second third or the last third of this year, like in America. But like, this is a perfect place for her, for her to come here, do one show or figure out whatever she wants to do and gets in where she fits in. But like, I'm I'm happy that she's in Nomads, like, and I get to see her because, like, if she was going to like Oz Academy, it's like I'm not watching Oz Academy. I'm not doing that, right? Like, if she goes to, like Jade or like Pure J, I'm not watching Pure J. Not not doing it. So I'm glad she's at a place where like I'm going to watch every show they do because they don't that they only do like a show once every six to eight weeks or whatever else, right? Like, 
and like they're loaded so with top jo- This is Joshi PWG. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. And like I'm happy for it. Like this in uh this sh- the, the main event, like I it's somewhere between three and three quarters and four stars. Uh but I thought this was a I thought this was a, a good show for a five match card. You compared it to the rest of the Joshi verse, like outside of like a Tokyo Joshi Pro Super Show or pay per view so, or or a Stardom pay per view, you're not going to get many better uh, like five match cars in this. So Zekumaki actually translated the promo kind of. He says uh, she asks, "I'm freelancer Jungle Kiona. I heard there's a place for Outcasts to go all out. Is this the place? You're in shambles right now. I'm not shaking your hand in that state. You're going to give me a place and a card to shine. That's roughly Jungle's promo. Love it. And her and Rena, they're going to go out there and. And have a brawl. It's gonna be a fun, like a. a, a it's gonna be fun because Jungle, like, she's still good, she's still really good, right? So, um, but that, but that is that is the Nomads. And next week we'll get you guys the updates for uh, Stardom Five Star Grand Prix nights uh, three and four, and hopefully five. We'll see. But uh, yeah, that that's it for the, the world of Joshi. Indeed. So, um, man, that is another great show in the books for One Nation Radio. And um, I don't think I have anything else. Um, yeah, I put you in a spot where I was like, I, like, I paused if like, it's time for you to talk, but it's like, no, nah, I should just wrap up the show. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. I fucked up. My bad. You're uh, good. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to the show, y'all. Uh, if you are watching from the stream, be sure to go to the PayPal that you see in uh on the screen and also the uh, cash app you see on the screen drops off with donations there. If you are listening or the podcast, go to uh, the description or the notes in the podcast and find our, our, our link to our word circle, red circle and drops off with a donation through there. Um, if you, uh, we haven't really talked about it in a minute because of the P P W T situation from earlier or from the end of last year, but uh, seeing that our boy just paid for dinners for about 100, 150 people uh, this past weekend, go to Pro Wrestling Tees and uh, visit Pro Wrestling Tees Social Suplex and drop and drop off uh, or go pick up a Social Suplex Podcast Network t-shirt. This one is keeping a strong style. Go support my dog, Jeremy. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, be sure to listen to other shows on Network Besides One Nation Radio. On, uh, you have Keeping a Strong Style, The Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, Roman Washes Shit, The Grave Consequences Podcast, 8-Bit Suplex, All Things Elite, Great Match Generator, Get in the Ring, Meet the Press Slam, and AEW Match Guide. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.